0: Welcome to the Nick Sands Presents Podcast, featuring your host, Nick Sands! And so okay. now, so everybody, um, this is my friend Krista, and she, is that, is that a bad way to introduce you? Oh, you're fine. You grimaced. You were like, I was like, "This is my friend Kristen." You're like,
1: <laughs> "No, I think I was thinking." We actually found after before I hit live. We've been here on an hour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's good though. That that gives us plenty of time to get comfortable and warm up. Um, and so I asked Krista what how she would like me to introduce her, um, and I thought that her response was really awesome because most people are like, "Oh, just just say I'm a fucking you know I'm like a whatever." You know, you don't even have to introduce me. I'm just going to come on this podcast and you just we'll just go right into it. Um but she said she's an author, a wanderer, a coach, a creative and a perpetual optimist, which I really like that cuz I too am a perpetual optimist and I always try to see things on the bright side. I think that's a I think that's an interesting thing to take in as part of like your understanding of you.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially in a
0: world where like cynicism and and like the negatives a lot of times gets the is like the better thing to be you know it's the safest thing to be and we also recently i just found out that christy used to be a counselor and now she's gonna tell me what my biggest insecurity is okay tell me what my biggest insecurity is oh right now okay (laughs) we've been talking for like an hour you must have you must have got it
1: well i mean as i was saying i stopped doing that little honing trick because i I stopped needing to judge and to like to keep people away, um, but I would say, offhand, your insecurity. From what I know about you.
0: The tension. I could. You could cut the tension with a knife, because I feel like you're about to reveal something. Because I don't even know what my biggest insecurity is.
1: Well, and I'm probably not right to be honest, but. I know that you are very playful and you play the fool often. So there's probably a portion of you that's a little scared of really sitting into the power of who you are on a seat, like on a, on a serious level to be, um, to like, I would say it's easier to deflect than to be. And, and I know that you need a lot of, you also mentioned that, um, you like a lot of attention. And so, as evidenced by my
0: podcast and YouTube channel and constant (laughs) interaction online, yes.
1: (laughs) Um, So there's this like duality between like, oh, are you really shining brightly authentically, um, or are you covering something up that's fear-based of worthiness and 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 just just being exactly who you are? Um, I don't I don't know though. So let me like. This this could be a further discussion.
0: <laughs> this could be. I don't know. Now I need to. Now I need to put some thought into it. Yeah. I yeah. think because like, hmm, I don't know. That's interesting. I'm gonna hold on to that, and then <laughs> I will think about it while you're talking and- in a minute, and then at the end, I'm gonna not pay attention to you at all this whole time, and I'm just gonna be thinking about what you said, and then I'm gonna process it, and then I'll come back at the end with my with what i think Mm okay
1: i think that's perfectly fine and (laughs) just to know that there's like you know there's reasons why we use humor and personality traits for it so i could be off the mark
0: i don't think you are i think you're probably on the mark i'm just too stupid to know for sure
1: well (laughs) we know how i feel about calling ourselves names (laughs) right
0: (laughs) so anyways enough about me let's talk about you you are an author who recently um you put out the second edition of a of a book that you had put out last october which i didn't even know was possible it was a thing to do um you are a writer you moved to spain after moving to fucking portland and then like other places you're just like always moving around (laughs) i'm a wanderer
1: yeah so uh, i'll talk to the wandering first and then what well, we can circle back on the book because that took a moment it took a hot second so wandering is like part of my soul that i awoke in 2016. um i had this really uh, like before 2016 there was a, like a, a clear marker I was living a pretty uh, miserable life, one that was filled with obligation and responsibility and the conventional, you need to do X, Y, Z. And so um, I also being a therapist am prone to a lot of self-reflection. And when I realized that I was deeply unhappy or made the the decision to change the deeply unhappiness, (laughs) I decided to... Um, I I was like, oh, well, New Hampshire is not the place for me. It's not the place. And so I was really, really attracted to California. Um, And so at the time, I decided after figuring, after attempting to do the responsible thing and get a job in California and kind of move in that kind of sort of way, um, when, when I couldn't find employment after months and months and months of searching, I decided to just quit my job, rent my house, give almost everything I had away, and moved cross country, not having a house, a place, a job, anything, just a little bit of savings. And that little trip, um, it started off, it was really scary to make that decision. That sounds terrifying. But I did it. Oh, like I can can vividly remember when I sat in the car as I was leaving, my parents and my sister and my little nephew, he was like 11 months old. And he was like, no, Krista,
0: don't leave.
1: Everyone's like, no, crying. And I was like, I'm <laughs> literally, and I'm like shaking because I'm so scared. Um, but I but I had things that softened the blow. So, like the first month of that trip, I I literally drove from there down and I met a good friend of mine, and then I followed her in an RV, and we went cross-country together. And she had a three-year-old and a four-month-old, and uh, an au-pair was with us, and we had a blast hitting national park. So it softened the blow. Dramatically, it made me ease into the journey and then and then from there, I took a month and I tried to write so I can come back to the creative side, but I had a dream in 2015 and I want to write that dream. Um, But so I tried to write the dream and I realized I was the worst, worst writer should not be writing it was. And so I focused on being playful because I, it was that that drive you we were having a conversation, like that we are supposed to be productive all the time. What are you supposed to like, you relax,
0: play. play. I better not catch your breathing. And
1: I, <laughs> right? And so I when, I, when I started to lean into the play side, I spent like a few months hitting national parks and exploring that way. And I dr- drove all the way up and down the West coast and then all of a sudden the journey went from like three three months looking and I was for a place to settle in California on the west coast to being like no I need to like I'm just I like unraveled and unpackaged all of these identity issues and all of these pieces of myself that didn't that were resistance and were creating the unhappiness my belief systems and so um, it went from three months on the road and possibly settling to nine to 10 months on the road. I hit like 35 national parks most of the time I was alone, um, and it was the most amazing trip. And when and I got back you were back living me, in the
0: RV at this time?
1: No. So my friend rented that RV and after a month she, uh, left. And so it was just me in a car Bitch. and I, uh, safety is an issue for me, it's always an issue. So I, or... I rented Airbnbs where I could and I like friends along the way as well. Um, there was only one time I slept in my car and it was like 40 degrees and I was in Death Valley, maybe 30. It was really cold. Um, <laughs> if you're going to sleep but, in
0: your car, Death Valley, you know what I mean? It's the place to do it.
1: It it, it really is. You
0: probably don't have it's to very, worry about other people at that point though.
1: Oh, I was in a camp. I wasn't worried about other people, but I was in a campground. I meant uh, it was. Yeah. It was actually good to be around
0: other people. Oh, you were in a campground? Could... Oh. Yeah. I mean that's still really cool, but less cool. I thought you just like pulled over on the side of the road in the desert, just slept in no. your car. Yeah. No. That'd be like that make a really good scene in a movie. It
1: <laughs> <We> could. <laughs> we could we could build up tension or it could be like a
0: uh I don't know, an emotional Yeah, exactly. No, that could be like your that could be like the low point of your of like the first drop in the hero's journey, right? So like you leave you leave town and then you then like everything's at a high and your friend leaves and now you're lost and then you end up in down in this valley and this is when you have your first your first upward arc toward your heroics that ultimately leads to failure. But then <laughs> you go up and then you come home with a with a lesson learned. And anyone who doesn't know about writing I didn't mean to I didn't mean to throw out I didn't mean to throw out uh, you know, the hero's journey there. No big deal. Uh <laughs> how about um, I live my life, I you like it. <laughs> well that's good. I mean it's good to be the hero in your own story, right? Mhm. Mhm. I, I feel like there's you and me were talking a little bit before and it's like when you're young I mean now I'm thirty five, I don't know how old you are, but um when you're younger you kind of there's like this It's like, no, it's okay to have fun and it's okay to like explore and do things and like go places and be, you know, take a risk. But then, you know, when you get older, you're not really allowed to do that anymore. You're not, it's less, it's more frowned upon. It's so frowned upon. I
1: feel like when people find out my age and I'm like, I'll tell people my story and like, let's say I'm... Like even 2021, I was in DeLonga, Georgia. No, I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. At <laughs> Those a bar both sounds like made up campus. places.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're great places. Um, but, so I was sitting at a bar and I was chatting with people, telling them my story, etc. And then that I hadn't left my job. Oh, I had left my job at that point. So it's definitely 2021. And, um, and then they found out my age and I swear... Like they thought I was probably in my early, I don't know, twenties or I, I. that's my guess because the moment they found out I was in my forties, because I am, they were like, hmm, we should just a little, we should get, hmm, maybe. maybe. <laughs> oh,
0: you're a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I feel, I feel that. I, uh, you know, I, I think like even, even having hobbies, is like. You know, I mean, I'm a I'm a weirdo. My wife's a weirdo. My friends are all weirdos. So like, it's not strange for us. But like, you know, when I go to like, so, when I go certain places where adults are supposed to be, and uh, you know, you talk to people that sounded really creepy. I meant like the PTA, nothing like sketchy. Um, but like, you know, and and you hear these people and they talk about like, what they do and it's like, what do you do for, like, fun? And it's like, oh, I don't really have fun, you know. It's like, it's like yeah. even even having hobbies is frowned upon.
1: Yeah, because because why would you put yourself first? Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Or even like it's... like drawing. Like when was the last time you saw an adult just like drawing that wasn't or like. When was the last time you saw uh, uh, an adult pick up something like a musical instrument or like drawing or like, you know? It's funny
1: because right here in Spain, my uncle is a musician. He plays like 20 instruments and he comes over to my my house where I'm staying in my brother's house and he's got a room that is his music studio. So he's constantly playing all the instruments that's, all the time. That's awesome. He comes over at night. Last night he showed up at like 8.30. I was like, Dude, I got to get up at four (laughs) thirty. Come here. um, Anyway, so it's but I I think in a typically it's not it's not seen unless you have young kids and then you're trying to do that with them. Um,
0: Yeah, but but, you're only using it for cover. Yeah, like you're encouraging. Like you know, I think that's where we see a lot of parents who will encourage their children to do things that they actually want to do you know, or like, Mm -hmm. so that they can live vicariously through like the, the, you know, the stereotype would be like the dad who wants his kid to do foot, to play football. Right. And like, because when he was in high school, he was the head of the whatever. I don't know anything about football, so I don't, I can't now, now I've lost myself in this analogy, but.
1: (laughs) Or like uh, the mom who wants her daughter to be a dancer. And I think that there's, um, there's, sometimes it's a little bit more than both of those cases, but yeah, I think losing, losing the play is something that happens very frequently. And I have to pay attention because it's very, I'm an intense person. So it's easy for me to forget to play and to just dive in and, and like work, 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 work. And since I'm um, solo, I travel, I do this all alone. Um, uh, It can be like, I, I don't always like I might not have the relief valves I need to keep in place as like, uh to 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 just healthily do it That there there are times where i literally like oh my god i'm losing my I'm losing my mind i need to talk to a human <laughs> it's easier here because my uncle comes over all the time but when i was in like when i do my wanderings so back to the wanderings um so that back in two thousand two thousand sixteen seventeen, 2016 17 i did nine months across the board and i unraveled a lot and then when i got back to new hampshire i did two things that leads into creativity and leads into wanderings which will um, So, the uh, when I got back to New Hampshire after all of my travels, I realized that I couldn't stay in New Hampshire. Like my family is there, I've got friends there, but just the idea of being settled and like locked into a felt like a prison of just conventionality. Like you've got your house, you got your things, you, you're you're rooted. You've got your job that has to be right here, and you have to be Monday through Friday, nine to five. Um, hurt my soul. And I decided back in 2000, well, whenever, when I started my healing journey, that the, the, there's two questions that I will ask. Or one, really, do I want to wither or do I want to thrive? And I always want to thrive. Right. And so then I started to like gravitate towards jobs and opportunities that would make me thrive. Maybe not outwardly all the time, um, but I wasn't going to get a job that rooted me and made me made me do things in one location. Um, I was able to find a job that I technically had to be in New England, but I could bop around because I worked remotely. And as long as it didn't interfere with my work, I could do what I wanted. Um, so as I creatively also uh, during that time frame, I, and I'm not sure if you've ever heard of this book. Um, it's called The, the Artist Way by Julia Cameron. Mm-hmm. So I was doing morning pages yeah so as I, like, I also do morning,
0: morning... Pages. I also do morning pages The
1: thousand words is that what
0: you do? Well no, that's separate. so okay. i do I do my three morning pages and that's usually just like usually I have really fucking weird dreams and usually I'll try and catch one of those and write that down and then uh I'll usually usually it's just like me complaining basically for like three pages and then I just throw it out and then I write the thousand words later on in the day. Um, but yeah, no, I do, when, I do morning pages every day.
1: When you say throw it out, you just, you, un, you just unleash it from your brain and then you just
0: keep on going. You keep the notebook, right? No, I throw it out. I, I, to me, I use it as like, uh, I use it to, to so for anyone who doesn't know morning pages is like the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, you're sp- supposed to write. It's basically just, like, a free-form writing exercise where you just, like, kind of take whatever is in your brain and put it onto the paper. So that way, the idea being that it gets it out of your brain, so that way it's not, like, um, you're not thinking about it anymore. Um, but I personally have, like, a lot of negative stuff in there. And so for me, there's, like, I write it down, I get it out, and then I just throw it out because I don't really want. Yes. It's garbage anyways, so I don't want, like, I'm, I, there's really no, like, creative um, or really even, like, healthy thing to do with it. It's really a lot of, like, self, like, negative self-talk and, like, just negative stuff that I dump out.
1: I, I get that. So one of the fun things that, uh, like, because I can relate really deeply... One of the fun things I found about the morning pages for me was as I was dumping the uncensored, um, I was going to say crazy, but the uncensored judgment, um, the all of the things I noticed patterns. And as I would, because I'm all about feeling good. Right. And so as I did it, I would, I would deliberately contrast. I would give the dump and then I would give the positive alongside that. Um, I keep my pages because I think it's really, fun to go back to see where I was mentally in one space and how I've traversed into another and how I can fluctuate back and forth into each of those anyway, just in the season that I'm in. Um, I started, I started doing that when I realized that I had a body, like I'd like in all of my journals, I was like, oh my God, I'm so fat. Oh my God. I'm so bloated. Uh, I feel so bad in my body. And so then, then I'd be like, uh, I need to talk nice to my body. Uh, I need to fall in love with this, this, this frame I'm in, if you will. And so like I dedicated time and space to being like, all right, well, you know, I might have, you know, had a lot of Nutella because I got a thing with Nutella. Um, but but I love my body. And it was like and so the transition in how I wrote my morning pages to dump and then to also build myself up was something um, I might recommend that you do. And to keep them because then you can see how far you've come and what you were dealing with then to what you're, where you are now. It's, it shows your growth curve.
0: Yeah. Something I mean, about- it makes sense. I just, I just, I don't know. It's like, like I said, it's a lot of like, I have like a lot of weird rational like fears and stuff about like my kids dying and um, that kind of stuff right. that, like I said, it's easy. It, I think it's better. To me, it's like I can write it out, and then there's like an an added bonus of like, now it's in the garbage, and now it's like gone, and I don't ever have to think about yeah. it again. Um, yeah. And so I really just use it as like a dumping ground like that, and then that clears my head up for like, kind of in the same way you were talking. It's like, now that all that shit's gone, now I can be now I can boost myself up, and I can talk positive. I can stay positive and be, like kind of uh, like happy go lucky and. Silly and all those things because I don't have Mm -hmm. that, that like bad stuff in there anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. probably just some, I mean, it's, you know, it's probably just some bullshit that like, for some reason it works because you tell yourself it's going to work and, but it helps. I think I, I personally,
1: uh, well, I didn't do it this morning because I woke up at five, at four thirty, and then we were Because off, this is like... the
0: first. Instead, this is your mer- this is your morning pages today. Instead, you came <laughs> on to tell me what my biggest insecurity is, and <laughs> talk about your book.
1: Yes, yes. Um, and my wanderings apparently as well. So, and your uh, wanderings. Well, but... I think
0: that's cool though. Like, who? How many people get to do that? You know.
1: I know. I, t- I talk to people, and they're like, oh, "If only I could live your life." And I'm like. Oh. I mean, I did make some sacrifices, right? I don't have a partner, I don't have children. Um, I have, and I'm totally okay with both of those. Like these are choices I'm making as I travel around because, to me, they lock you into a location, or you're supposed to do certain things um, once you have those relationships or those responsibilities. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun it's a fun way to live. And I think in Europe, it's going to be different, even more um, has a potential to be even more enjoyable for me because in the US, places that I would go to were a lot more rural. Uh, I lived in New York for like, like New York City and then Long Island mostly for six years. And so like, I can easily be overstimulated now. And I don't really, I just, I wanted quiet, but here Here's like a city-ish. Uh, I mean, it's built up. It's all concrete. And so um, until you make it to the beautiful beach. And so it, it, anyway, it's, it,
0: it's going to be different. It's a, Yeah, it's a much different much different vibe over in Europe than it is over in America.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're going to have a fight. Um, well, you probably don't know. But they, they, they festival here all the time. And so next weekend, we have a, a music festival hitting. It's actually it's called medusa so it's an electronic uh, festival um trance and techno and all sorts of music so that's gonna be fun and then um like the week after that there's five, there's this festival in town the people they do festivals all the time it's very interesting here um but but I, I was doing my morning pages and it took a year. So 2017 to 2018 with me putting aside my dream that I do, had. Do you mind to... if I
0: interrupt you just for one second? Were you already like a writer before this? No.
1: No. All right. So this is also kind of fun because I, uh, I wasn't a writer before this. And 2016, I was doing my trip and I would stop at Roadside Psychics and they'd be like, you need to write everything that you're doing down because you're going to write books. You're writing books you're writing books. And I'd be like, you're kind of crazy. Um, I'm not going to write it like, but I had the idea of the book, but then remember I realized that I couldn't do the book because I sucked at writing. And so, um, and anyway, um, I wasn't creative from my, like from, for all of my adulthood, I wasn't creative at all. And so in 2018, I would would disagree with
0: that just from knowing you, I don't know you very well, but I would disagree with that. But, I feel like you were, no. I feel like maybe your creativity didn't, didn't come out in forms that, uh, are like traditional mediums. Right. But like being a therapist in and of itself is creative. Right. Because you have to, you have to take in information and then you, act you send out something else. Right. It's not just like, um, and it's also a lot of interpretation and, um, other things. Right. So like you could have two therapists and you guys could come up with different things. And it's not, it's because it's a. It's a soft science that deals mm-hmm. in, that does deal in creativity. And, um, there is a level of creativity to that. And also you talked about, um, like, uh, how you want it. You left they there. Like they're a creative, creative traveling in and of itself. take tends to create a lot of situations in which you need to be creative, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> creative. True, true. Whether it's, whether it's learning to store your stuff eff- efficiently or whether it's, you know, having to go to the bathroom while you're six miles away from a bathroom or, you know. So, like, I, f- I feel like to say that you were not living a creative life while you were fucking driving around the country and living out of your car and doing all this other stuff isn't, isn't really a fair thing to say. Thank you.
1: I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I didn't see it, though, but, yeah.
0: That's, yeah. Th- that's different, though. <laughs> Yeah, it's very different. It is. Um,
1: But in 2018, I, uh, like, somewhere in my morning pages and whatever I was doing, it was like, you're ready. You need to start the story. And so I sat down and I dove into the story. And there's something in me that um, I'm pretty, I'm a very persistent person when it feels aligned, I guess you could say, right? And so um, I, it, my book Spark. I wrote the first book from two thousand eighteen to two thousand nineteen, and then a draft, and then I sent that into an editor, and she was very kind. And uh, instead of having it being a developmental edit, which kind of goes through the story arc and will say where you're going wrong with it and how to like tighten it up or suggestions and look for the holes, etc., characters, arcs, all of it, um, she gave me an editorial assessment and kind of. Talked about how the story sucked in a very kind <laughs> way, and she was like, "You should really just rewrite it, right?" And so I, in, I mean, I took a moment because, but I a hundred percent agreed with her. Um, so I then wrote a second story, and I uh, or second draft, and I tightened it, and I h- hired a-, a writing coach to help me through it because I needed it. I was so anxious, and I was like, "I'm doing this nonstop, but I'm." I need some like support. Tell me where I'm going wrong. And so I hired this wonderful, wonderful woman in Kelly and we would meet weekly. And I wrote 203,000 words on the second draft, which is a big story. And um, I had to trim that down uh, to a lot. I had to trim it down. Um, And then I sent that off to a different editorial team because my other editor wasn't available. And they took eight months to get the feedback to me, but they taught me at least one of them taught me some hard lessons on writing because she went through and she highlighted every single repeat word that i did every within the draft of (laughs) a hundred and plus thousand words almost two thousand two hundred thousand words and i had repeated a lot of words and so in in like visually seeing it i like hurts like using the word that In my stories now, uh, every every time it's very deliberately placed (laughs) because (laughs) I think I deleted like over a thousand, maybe two thousand words of that, just that. Um, (laughs) And then, and then I had to learn that like look and behind were not very descriptive and how to like draw you into the story. So that by highlighting all of that and like giving me this like painful uh, lesson, it was the most beneficial lesson I had because because I had no idea that I was using these crutches for words and not describing. So then book three um, came about and I learned about pulling people into the scenes. Um, So there's like all of this craft talk. And I, at at this point I started to take classes I was too scared to take a class first two years because I didn't, I I was too scared to to be confronted that my work really did suck because I already knew that and I just, and my ego couldn't take it. but I started taking classes at this, this, uh, I think it was 2020. And so then I got to incorporate what I learned into the writing and really breathe to life a different level of, um, experience in the stories and the story. So that was draft number three. And, and this, this time. Are I you sick of down... that
0: fucking book by now, by this point? <laughs>
1: Um, you know, you'd, you'd imagine I would remember the book, like, so clearly. But I have to, like, literally, like, be like, oh, did I write that? What did I write? What did I write? And then I'll, I'll pull up the book and be like, oh, my God, these are my words. <laughs> I wrote this. <laughs> like, it's, um, yes, I'm sick of the book, but no at the same time, if that makes sense.
0: That's a weird, um, that's a really weird feeling, um, looking back at it, especially when it's not, when it's something that you take seriously, right? So like I make like my YouTube videos, I never really look back on my YouTube videos. Occasionally I will accidentally like see a portion of one and be like, when the fuck did I make this? I don't remember this at all. It's like, as soon as it's done, it's like out of your head. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which makes it
1: tough for me because like my book is, uh, like I like to think my book is intricate and complex people can tell me if they think it's different. And so I, um, there's like so many subtleties that I'm, I'm, tr- I'm tracking and following. So like, like, I'll give you an example. And, um, so like, yeah, I'm writing a short story right now and I'm trying to, in the writing world, uh, they tell you to give things away for free all the time, to bring in people that don't know you. So I'm writing a story that will not be free for me, the cover alone is a few hundred. Period. Um, actually, it's more than that. But um, uh, the uh, the story, as I'm writing it, so Fee, my main character, is an assassin. So on one side, when we meet her, when you meet her in Sparks, she is she's got two dual lives. On one side, she's this lethal assassin, to uh, trained essentially to be her best friend's protective uh, like secret weapon. Last last space secret weapon. And then the other side, when she's really out in society and people know her as being Lady Orphine, weak and sick and, um, timid. And you see her traumatized past in that, um, in that, uh, that role, that persona she embodies. And so she's, she's this in between space where she's actually grown out of the traumatized past, but has to like fit herself into it as, because this is how she maintains her role model, like her her cover of being, a, the, to be that secret weapon. But then when she's off and away, she embodies this powerfulness that she feels in her, in her physical body, that she can be lethal, she can be bold and confident. Um, and then she's got other intricacies, like uh, she's got an aversion to touch because before she became friends with her best friend Kyra, she was... Um, the person who is caring for her grum was very physically abusive to her. So she touches a thing and she prefers not to speak. Um, So she'd rather grunt at you. So like maintaining those, those like character traits and those little, like that's an in there's a, these are small details and this is a character detail, but um, but also back into the short story I'm writing, she gets um, before magic hits in spark, wherever she'd confront, I don't really want to, but she'd get itchy. She'd get itchy, like her skin would get itchy. And so, like incorporating these little details and remembering the details as I'm uh, trying to build the stories from before to give away for free to draw in readers, but also the after. Uh, it's it's it, it. If I don't remember them,
0: it becomes problematic. Yeah, I can imagine. That sounds like it would be, um, especially where you're building like a world. Because you have to, like, so, like, uh, for, I know for, and this is, I could be speaking completely out of out of turn here, but um, I know for a lot of people, like, or a lot of writers get so caught up on the world building that they forget they're telling a story. And, like, so, and people in film do this, too. People in film do this a lot where they rely on things like CGI and they rely on things like, um, you know, there's a million things that you can you can depend on in video but at the end of the day if you don't have if you have a shitty camera but you can tell a good story like you're gonna do better than someone who has a 10 million dollar camera and can't tell a fucking story from you know what i mean and so like story always being the main focus but then remembering all those little things that make the story good because it's the little details that make a story a story right if if there's an instance of magic that fee doesn't know about because you forgot to write in that she got itchy when it was happening, well, that's going to fucking suck. You know, it's it's not going to, it's not going to um, create the, the thing that you need it to. Right. The consistency.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And sometimes it's like, I'll I'll give myself grace uh, for sure. And I don't think readers will typically notice, um, but it's, but i I like to be consistent because i'm that person i like uh, if i could i'm not I, I don't align necessarily towards perfectionism because i understand that it is a very uh, unhealthy way to go uh, but like if i could <laughs> just not make mistakes
0: i'd be very happy right
1: but mistakes are all about learning lessons and so I, grace is grace because i fall plenty of times on my face
0: absolutely and I think, you know, for me, anybody who's willing to make something and then show it to the world, regardless of how good or bad or whatever, like, especially if you've ever sat down writing is like, <laughs> fucking so hard. Like, I don't think people really understand, can appreciate how difficult it is to write something that people are want to read. Um, and like being in the, in the creator space, like I hear a lot of people that are like, oh, my video only got three views and i'm like three people in a time of of like civilization where they have infinite number of choices of things to do or look at or read like they decided to watch your video instead of someone else's like that's a fucking that's fucking huge that's a win you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like you it know how many videos sure. are out there a lot
1: <laughs> and they found you in the sea of it it's kind of like my book they find they could find me in the sea when i uh, especially when I released the first book uh, that, well, the first edition of this book Spark, before I pulled it off the market, but we'll get there. <laughs> um, I didn't do any uh, advertising. I was like, I was so scared. I was like shaking in my boots. And every, as I said, everything went wrong when I launched it. And so, um, and I, I haven't told the story yet, but let, I'll, I'll circle back into like version three. I rewrote with all of their great feedback. And I rewrote it, rewrote it really hard pressed because I wanted it out. I like, felt really pressurized to get it out. And do you mind if I ask? Like, you,
0: do you mind if I ask you a question? Sorry. At this point, with the my draft three, do, is like the story that you had originally still exist in there, or is it has has it been like, is it mostly just like your writing style that has changed, or has like the story been hammered out, like? So
1: the story was hammered out. I mean, I changed things, but the characters were the same. Um, those never changed and actually in, in story three, in draft three, and this will sound weird to probably many people, but in draft three, when I was writing it, I realized it wasn't my story to write. It felt like it was fee stories to write. And by that change, that kind of like mental shift for me, I sat into a space that's more like, I have to listen and really like attend to what i'm writing because it's it's more of an honored space to me to write somebody else's story than to write my own story um if that makes any sense i think and, that's super common
0: so- i think that's super common where where you hear especially like stephen king in his book on writing talks about um how like writing is just archaeology and you're actually just uncovering something that's already there
1: yeah um i haven't read his book but i should <laughs> um it's been happening. when <laughs> the the um so that shift helped me to uh well i already had what i thought was pretty firm ground um i had to do a huge shift though from three to four and so um i i ironed out the characters and more of the story by this point and i was building world and then um and i was trying to rewrite this 200 or at this point I think it was 183,000 word doc um, into um, in like a month and a half or two months, and I burned out real hardcore while working full time. And so this is where um, I like I came into oh, the. you were working
0: full time at this point.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was traveling oh, I, like
0: hip- I thought you were like living a free hippie life of just like wandering around and writing and didn't realize that you were also working full-time
1: i was working full-time yeah oh, yeah. yeah so like yeah. I that was one I of the questions i have full-time. written
0: down is like is like how are you funding this i guess that makes that makes a lot more sense in the,
1: in the beginning part that's how that's how i did it and then in 2020 when i started to really burn out and I was confronting myself like um i'll like I'll share in like 20 it was 2020 yeah 2019 i took some was it now? maybe it's 2020, I took branding photos, and I was scared out of my bejesus mind, I, like, me dressing myself and to, like, it, Like I, I don't know like how everybody else feels when they're confronting their, like, deepest fears, but I, like, freak out mentally, and I'm just, like, somebody needs to do it, but I, somebody needs to help me, I, like, dress, my. I could, like, the idea of dressing myself for my branding photos was, like, I'm ridiculous. Nobody would help me. I had to go figure that out on my own. But still, uh, anyway, so like I was like confronting things that just kept putting me on the edge of, of who I was. Am I willing to put myself out there? Am I willing to do these things? So I was working full time. I was writing full time. I was doing this business, at because uh, this is a business, ultimately, like building a website, which I love mine, um, doing the branding photos for my website, like the What's things. What's the website? And uh, um, it's Krista
0: Okay. We'll put that in the show notes too. Cool.
1: Um, and so all of that is like, anyway, so I burned out in 2020. That's all that to say. I burned out totally in 2020. And, um, I was asking my employment to reduce my hours. I didn't want to leave. I actually liked my job
0: mostly. Like, uh, like I liked my job. Uh, what are you doing, and, you say? um, you don't have to say the company name, but could you just say what you were doing?
1: Sure. I uh, I worked for an insurance company doing um, – I was the UR contact for hospitals so that they would call me and be like, hey, we had Joe Smith, and he had a psychic a psychotic break, and these are his symptoms, and this is what we're doing, and this is our plan for him. We need to keep him here longer, blah, blah, blah. Um, and this is our discharge plan, and this is where we're going, and we talk about the nuances of, of his mental – of Joe Smith's mental health issues and like and their treatment modality and I'd offer suggestions and and I'd either approve of continued stay because we believe that he needs to stay longer or I would um be like hey we would both be in agreement most of the time we'd both be in agreement and be like all right let's let's work on the discharge plan how many more days do you need let's let's make sure he's safe on the outside um and that was that was, it, it was a tough job because all the time I heard just bad stories, but, um, that, which made it the more burnt outside of it because it was all negative And then I was pouring all of the rest of me into, um, there were some positives, but there, I heard a lot of sad things. No, I, you um, all-
0: I feel like you, must, um, you probably so- end up with like an empathy, like fatigue at that point too. And you need your empathy to be able to tell your story. So that must be hard too.
1: I need, like, my energy for me, right? Like, I was giving it up for everything. Um, And so I was noting that I was being burnt out. I just wanted to reduce my hours so I could – really, I needed more time. I wasn't actually planning on taking hours to, like, take care of myself. I just needed more time to write, Mm -hmm. right? And so my employment was unable to meet me there. And I had to broach that question again, the do I want to wither or do I want to thrive? And I realized if I stayed with my job, I would wither. Um, And so I left that job in 2021 and right as I left the job. um, So in that interim, I would also burned out and I stopped writing and I sent off my to my editor what I'd rewritten with the ending that hadn't been rewritten for an edit. And she came back. I thought it would be a fast thing. And I was like, I'm going to pop this book out because I have all this time in the world now, right? <laughs> um, and so she came back right after I left my job. And she was like, and so about your middle, you should take it all out. All of it. <laughs> Just rip it. And, oh, and when when her feedback actually she wanted me to rewrite the entire story ideally to like do this different thing with a different magic school and different like setup and I was like I'm nope not gonna do that uh, but the the pulling out of the middle was like pulling out my heart and shredding it 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 created and I was so scared because like You know, I just quit my job and I thought this would be fun. And it's a huge risk to like be like, all right, I'm as a solo female with
0: nobody
1: supporting me. Like, here I am like uh, all of a sudden my product is not a product.
0: (laughs) Was there any part of you that was like, fuck this bitch. She doesn't know what she's talking about. No, uh,
1: no, yes, no, no. Uh, I think I don't normally reflect that way. What I do is when, when I get feedback on like there was one of my editors, someone in there was like, it, there's like how is there chocolate in your world? This is a fantasy world and I was like, there is fucking chocolate <laughs> in my fantasy world.
0: This is my fantasy.
1: <laughs> so, but it wasn't like you can mention chocolate. you had to like it was a lesson. I had to show chocolate being in the
0: world. So then
1: I literally built in a scene with chocolate because I was like, "There is." My, my, oh Excuse my language. Yeah.
0: Oh, you're good. There I is, swear a lot. It's fine.
1: I know, but I, I should brand it. I you're take like, it yeah, as I, a, I
0: take it as a compliment that you feel comfortable enough with me to break your brand and swear.
1: Oh well, I shouldn't know. I should Anyway, but I, I was like, there, there should be chocolate in my world. So and then I built in the chocolate. And anytime I get something, some sort of feedback like that, I'd be like, no, no, no. I yes, there's this in my world. Yes. And but with that feedback, I knew there was something wrong with the middle. And so when she told me it, it was just a lot. Like. It was a lot to pull out. And I'd fallen in love very specifically with a character that I had to pull out a hundred percent from that book. And so, um, as they say, kill your babies. I didn't kill this baby though. Didn't kill this baby. I just pulled him from the book. Um, And so, (laughs) but that creatively harmed me for a long time. And I tried to write and I tried, and I was so scared. It was so paralyzing.
0: I think the the Um, saying is kill your darlings. Kill your babies sounds a lot darker
1: what yeah so, and, but yeah so, anyway it is dark
0: that's a lot yeah. darker kill But your, I Show your babies because <laughs> they
1: are though. um so the uh see i so think that it, but it i just, think
0: that's a good it's good on you as a creator to like accept that because like i'm the opposite when people people will be like tell me criticism and then i'll usually just be like oh okay and then just completely ignore it.
1: Yeah. No, I, I mean I spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on these editors and I my goal is not to stay where I was. I knew I was a bad writer. My goal is to only eclipse it. And if I'm like I knew something was wrong with the story. So like even though I didn't agree with the full rewrite of the story, because it would take it off to a very different it didn't feel it didn't feel right. That it like but, but it didn't it feel right as right?
0: it was, it didn't feel right as it was either. So you're kind of, it sounds like, I'm, I apologize to sum it up, um, or to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you were like, like, it didn't feel right. Like it was, you knew there was something wrong with it, but you also trusted yourself enough to know that the idea that someone else brought to you wasn't right either.
1: Exactly. That's exactly. an inter- that's an
0: interesting lesson. I feel like a lot of people could use.
1: It's a tough lesson, too, because you're like, you're listening to an expert that's like, well, really, you should just rewrite it to hit all of these genres and these tropes and you'll get your book selling and this will fill all these things versus being authentic to your creative self. Um, And I'm, as I said, I'm about being authentic. Well, maybe about thriving and being in thriving is being authentic. If I was going to do something that didn't feel who and what I was, then it wouldn't work. Um, So So I did it eventually. I mean, it took a, it took a, I got the feedback in January. I kept trying to write, kept trying to write, kept trying to write, kept stalling, kept like having these things. And it was in April where I was like, uh, this book needs to come out. Like, and so like at the end of April, all the way to the end of August, like, I don't think people really saw me because I just, not that people really saw me anyway, because I'm a hermit. I can be hermit. And you were Uh, like,
0: you're like a wandering, and you're wandering all over the place. (laughs)
1: yeah i was in georgia that year and then i stopped in chattanooga Chattanooga for like a a stop but then i stayed in kentucky tennessee for like two months i think and then back up to new hampshire for the summer and then
0: where did i go
1: most of the year actually but i dropped i I jumped i jumped around so like that's
0: crazy that's a lot of travel you do a lot it actually can
1: it can be, it can be really disorganizing for me. I, I like to go someplace and stay for like three months um, and then, or four months and then I'll pop off to the next one or I'll come home. Cause I'm really close to my sister and her family. Um, and, well, really to all of my family, but I, when I'm home, I live with my sister and her family. And so the little ones I'm like, um, but then I also live close to my brother and his and the, so I've, I've got eight nieces and nephews. So and they're um, yeah they're eight and under and I love 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 them <laughs> all of them um, but there's like there's a, there's a different yeah, all of them so the um, I I make it home and then I'll leave for a bit and then I'll make it home and then I'll leave um, that's kind of how I like to do it how do
0: you how do you keep your writing um, like I don't know how why I'm blanking on this word right now your writing routine going when you're moving around so much.
1: Um, I think it really, so sometimes I don't like, um, in May at May 31st, I left Washington and I had to drive cross country. And then I had to spend a week at home and I just finished on that drive. My Kickstarter was finishing. And then I, so I was home for a week and a half. So I had family to see, I had the Kickstarter stuff to wrap up. I had, I was like, had a pack. I was doing crazy things all the time. Super busy. And then I jumped on a plane and left to go to England for a writing conference and then went to Scotland for a friend and then came here. And I thought I'd be able to write right away. But that was not that didn't, <laughs> didn't end up happening. This house became much more of a priority. So I think there are times where there's writing, but I'm really routine. So I like getting up at five, five thirty. Um, I, I like that sometimes. Uh, I'm actually instilling it again because I'm feeling back in my, my space. My body feels good. My mind feels good when I wake up into this schedule. And so like, I like doing the early morning wakeups, the morning pages, my workout routine, and then I'll sit down to be like, all right, now, now it's time to write. And um, so as long as I'm routined, I can get that um, I'll flow into the writing space and be consistent. But if I'm not, or if I'm thrown into like a jumble, like, so I had a lot of things, uh, I had a lot of backup things that I had to address before I could start writing. So I've cleared my plate of that, I've gotten the normal stuff now to deal with, and I can write and balance from here. It's all about routine. Really, Are you doing routine. other
0: like traditionally creative mediums, like drawing or painting or anything, um, while, you're, while you're writing also?
1: No, not right now. When I was starting to play and starting to like figure out me, um, I uh, started drawing left-handed. I say that because I realized I can't draw right-handed, right? I cannot draw, but left-handed activates a different side of your brain. And it's also like a different energy level. If you go into energies, I'm all about like left and right. There's male on the right, uh, feminine on the left, Um, but I'm I'm right-sided and I can be very... uh, I can have a lot of masculine energy at some So I was trying to balance it out and I was using my left hand to draw uh, for a while. And that I don't have it like packing to come out to Europe was hard. Otherwise I had my little drawing journal. I'll show you my dragon that I made And I was really proud of <laughs> I still
0: am. It was all left-handed. You should um, be. That's really impressive. Left-handed. So you're, so wait, hold on. I need to, we're going to have to go into this more. So, is that is there like any science behind that, or is that was that just something you made up?
1: Something just uh, about the energy system about <laughs> so like how like... if
0: you're if you're if you're feeling if you're <laughs> hold on if you, so like you started drawing with your left hand to like activate that other side of your brain.
1: Well, there's there's lots of uh, there's lots of science around that. Like the right. how you, which one you write will activate.
0: But is there there any, like, science behind, like, if you're fucking not, if you want that other type of energy, if you use the other hand, it'll open up that stuff? Like, if I wanted to be better at math, should I start writing with my right hand?
1: (laughs) Um, I actually don't know. So, as a yogi, I've been, like, just attentive to energy systems and um i've looked into reiki and kind of energy healing period also as a therapist and so uh like there's just i, I guess i just know and i don't know studies that's kind of um, cool I evidence.
0: yeah I think i'm gonna try it um, i think i'm gonna make a youtube video about it what is a, it what is the right what does the right hand make me do
1: So if you're doing energies, it's like right is masculine, left is feminine.
0: Oh, that's explains why I'm so so girly all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just kidding. I (laughs) (laughs) know. But so, but isn't like the, so if you use your left hand, right, you use the right side of your brain, isn't that like a thing? Because aren't humans Mm -hmm. like, we use like the cross, right? It's like. The cross thing. I'm sorry. I know that we're getting way off of what you wanted to talk about. This is just very interesting to me now. Um And I have like I have like a whole I have like a whole game and stuff that we need to play before this is over. So you're I hope that you don't have anything to do today because it's one a.m. <laughs> it's one a.m. and we're here for the long haul. We're we're coming up on an hour now. Oh um, <laughs> no. Okay. So wait, hold on. No, I need to finish this thought. So okay. So, okay. So the left side, so left-handed people, if and you're using your right side of your brain. This is fucking confusing. I've, I probably wouldn't be so confused if I was right-handed. Um, so you're using the right side of your brain, right, for, your, like, your creative stuff. And the other hand is, like, math, right? Logic and, like, more in, and creativity. Yeah, logic and okay. creativity. So if I wanted... Ah. So if I what would be like a good metric to measure if I started using my right hand for stuff?
1: Mm-hmm. I, so for me, uh, uh, like I wasn't necessarily, so I was doing it for, um, not, on, not necessarily in a log- logical way, but it can boil to, it can, I guess, boil down to that. But I was looking to have like, if, if I knew I couldn't draw with my right hand, Playfully drawing with my left hand and knowing that anything coming out of this left hand, if it came out to be anything decent, was a success. Gotcha. So it took away the failure, and it took away that pressure of being perfect again, right? Because I okay. knew that my left hand would not be. Right. But then when I created things, it was. Alright, that makes a lot more sense. Me- I just
0: overthought it way too much is the problem. You might have. You might have. It was just yeah, smooth. but it's right. What, what the fuck just happened? I'm sorry. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> so you're traveling, you just left Chattanooga, and you're fucking, and you, and you drew, and you're drawing with your left hand, so then what happened? i
1: <laughs> about <laughs> <laughs> right uh, hold on let me let me try to get back to because i feel like that i lost that train um well it was more the draft story right so it took me if we're going back to chattanooga i was still recovering from the creative um like tear of having of having to pull out that middle of the story mm-hmm. so we'll, we're we're leading into draft four so by that i sat down in, in in april uh end of april and uh, in new hampshire and i wrote um the end of book like draft four um and i submitted that to my editor by the by the end of i, I can't tell you the date by the end of the day um by the end of the day so but and and i'd actually planned something fun so i hadn't been doing a lot of fun things i had been working too much i'd been um, just writing too much. I've been mean, just very intense, and so um, I plan a trip to, um, and also very alone. I was doing a lot of things alone, alone because I couldn't, I can't write while there's people around me. So, I um, I planned to go, and I did go to uh, Peru, and I hiked the Salkantay Pass with a group of. As I, you I, will. I booked. As I will. Right. As with you a, will. With of all, course you all, did. All what all else work? would you do? Yeah. Uh, and then I went to Machu Picchu and then I hiked Rainbow Mountain, which is uh, both high in elevation. I was pretty impressed with my myself. Um, and then and everyone I traveled with um, had a beautiful experience and came back. And I thought my book, well, like my editor was supposed to have my book ready for me by September 14th. And we planned for my book to be published on October 11th because I needed my book. I'm one of those like everything needs to be done really well in advance so that uh, I don't have to worry when I. When I need it, need it, right? right. When my deadline comes. So I had a deadline in November in my head, and I should have just not done this deadline. Just let me. This is this is where forcing things is a bad idea. Anyway, um, but I was uh, apparently 100% dedicated, so I fell down this tree pretty hard. Um, so October 11th is when I'm supposed to publish, in my head, and I'm waiting for my editor. She's supposed to give it to me on on the 14th. Well, she emails me while I'm still in Peru to tell me she's late. She's going to be late a few days. Okay. So I don't hear from her again. And so I respond out sometime the next week. I think it was like Thursday or Wednesday the next week to be like, hey, where's my book? It says two days. It's been like five. And she's like, oh, two more days. Okay. And then two more days. Okay. And then two more days. And I'm like, uh, I need my book because, you know, I got it's being released. Oh, two more days. Not ready. Not ready. And so I was like, all right, so we'll push it back, but you know, because I'm freaking Not um because I have a hard time, I guess. Uh I I made a definitive decision to release my book on on the twenty second of October and I put it up for pre sale because I'm an I made a poor choice. I made a poor choice. So yes, feel that. Um I love your face right there, because it's true. You should grimace with me. So then if she's like two more days. Two just, more days. Just, two more
0: days. Yeah, just for just for other people, if you don't have a product, you shouldn't put it up for pre sale yet. Usually pre-sales would be like if you have the product like almost in hand. Yeah. So But live and learn. Oh, good
1: eye. Good <laughs> good eye. <laughs> All right. So so in this process I uh, we, you know, we, she knows it. My editor knows this and she's like, Oh, don't worry. Just lay it out. And then people will proofread it from there. I'm like, I, you know, you have to line up proofreaders, which we keep backing up now and they're free proof. They, these are friends that are going to proof it and whatever. And so, um, she finally, I, at one point, and this is October 11th. So it's like a week and a half before my, or two weeks before my launch date. Um, she still hasn't given it to me. And I meet up with my cousin and my cousin's like, Hey, I'm on vacation. I'm up here in Massachusetts for a hot second, but I have to drive cross country on this trip. That's spontaneous. I'm going to grab my kids. We're going to do it. You want to come with me? And I was like, I'm doing nothing, but, but worrying. And just like, where's my book? Where's my book? So I decided, yeah, let's do it. I'll bring my laptop. That's the only thing I had on me, my laptop, because I work all the time. So I was like, I'm going to bring this with me. So I had nothing, no clothes, no toothbrush, nothing. I get in, I get in the car and I leave with him and I go on a week long journey and of course waiting for this manuscript the busiest day right the busiest day that we have i get the manuscript back midday of course and it's of course and it's also the time frame where i have to start driving overnight because we need to make it from where we were in south dakota to massachusetts for an event that we're going to surprise the kids for at um at like a certain time on sunday right? So we had a haul butt. Um, So I end up starting these overnight drives. So I get this book and I like one of the first things that my editor tells me and she waited until now, right? 14th. I like when you put your book up for presale on Amazon, you have to do it. You have to get your book uploaded by the 17th. There's a countdown. (laughs) the 17th. If you don't make it, you're locked out. You're screwed, right? And so, uh, or at least that's what I think. You get penalized. For sure. So I get the feedback that my map, um, the one that I had in this draft, was it didn't have a compass. There was some misspellings in it. There was all of these things wrong within the body of the map itself that I, as a newbie, had no idea about. I was like, my map's great. It's so pretty. Um, and so I it like immediately emailed the map maker And I, and I was like, hey, can you fix this? Was like, this is what my editor said is wrong, but the immediate priority is like the spelling errors. We got two. Um, and like literally, I swear I'd fix all of the other ones. I don't know how I missed this, but spelling was an issue with us. You'll see too. Spelling is an issue name.
0: with me too, so don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, and I, I chose weird names, right? And so he was—he responded to me by sending me a blank map, completely wiped everything off the map, and told me he was en route to—he was moving and he couldn't help me until sometime in November. And so I was like. My math perfectionist here. My math's gonna go out with spelling errors, right? Oh my god! And then, um, okay. So what
0: I okay? Can I just ask you a question? Could you have just changed the whole manuscript to make it so the spelling errors became right?
1: So no, and you know you're brilliant because I didn't think about that. But no for one of them, and yes for the other. Okay. Yeah, there was two and no for one, Damn it. but, right. um, yeah. um, but what I did do was I, I, like my cover designer was waiting to like, give me the exact measurements for my book. And so in a panic, I emailed her and I was like, oh my God, Matt, please help me. This is what's happening. I just need the spelling fixed. I can't get into the program. I'm a visual. i like, I like please help me. And so she did. She's an amazing, amazing human being. And so um, she fixed the spelling errors for me. I continued onward. So now I'm in a car. I'm like, I work solo, quiet. I've got like soothing music. I (laughs) listen to um, and this, like I listen to binaural beats, but I also listen to a a program called brain.fm, period, when I write now. And it just helps me focus. So I'm in like soothing, focused state. I'm in a car with two kids music blaring people laughing like doing things and i'm like trying studiously to like um and i don't have time weeping,
0: weeping, weeping silently
1: weeping <laughs> silently like my stress levels <laughs> up my panic my brain just shuts off at stress it's it's the worst reaction, and if anyone gets me stressed, and they were like, "What happened to your brain?" Well, that this is what's happening, right? <laughs> like it's, it's off, it's offline. Um, the primitive one's on, and I'm breathing. You should be happy. Um, but the anyway, so what I did was I took my brother's advice, and he's like, "Christo, you know, I like purses edit, so I just I accept all of them, and I accept all. Read through her editorial letter." Addressed those issues, addressed every single comment that she had in the body of the manuscript, wrapped that thing up, and then sent it off to the two like proofreaders that I had. And then I kept on rolling it to um, the trip that we were on because at that point, I think I did my second overnight drive, and then the next day, the Sunday was like jam packed, and Monday jam packed. So I get home on um, on Tuesday, and I hadn't heard anything from my proofreaders. One of them, I could see in. So I use a, a program called Booksicle to write. So I can see where they're reading, and I can see if they were like where they're at in the progress. What an and awful she, feature! <laughs> it's a fabulous feature. Fabulous. Um, because it helps me like live. Uh, it helps me like uh, with my writing coaches. They can read, and then they can give me feedback and credit and, and like and like thoughts inside the body of it, real time. And we
0: can anyway. I, I was love thinking the about the stress of like you're already stressed out to the point of the max. And then you look at this fucking thing and you're like, this motherfucker's only 30% way through the manuscript," And you're that just person, watching it.
1: <laughs> it was worse. They were, I, 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 and yes, I can just sit there and watch it, but um, I, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Um, they were only a chapter in. they they'd read the prologue. And I was like, oh my God. And then I reached out to the other one. And, he was like, I can't touch it until next week. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It's good. Like, not that they would have had time. It's like a hundred. The book itself is now 479 pages, right? It's a long <laughs> book. Uh, so I was like, oh, it's not going to happen. Uh, and then I had to freak out. Uh, so my, my brain's blown with, with panic. I um, put something on a Facebook group that I was like, this is my situation. Anyone, is there anyone who would be willing to read the book? Not, not realizing something, but we'll get to that in a hot second. And so, um, so I actually had two people come out of the woodworks for that. So I had this wonderful uh, author, Evie, who was like, I have COVID. I need to put my own book down. Anyway, I'll just read yours and I'll do a light. Like if anything pops out, I'll just send you the feedback. And she did that through BookSchool, which was awesome. And then I could, BookSchool allows you to integrate her work pretty easy. And then the other one was like, I'm an editor. I just happen to have some free time right now. I can jam through it as a proofread. Do you want to pay me for it? And then we negotiated a price and bam, went, went into it. So that happened like Tuesday, Tuesday night.
0: And how many days Send now off- do we have for this to be finished?
1: Okay. So I'm supposed to upload it that day. Okay. Uplo- all right. So we'll, we'll, all right. So, um, and it's counting down, counting down, counting down, right? And so I, um, there's no way they're going to get through this all. So, and then I focus on trying to figure out how the hell to format because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, uh, I should really focus on my words. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. And so when uh, like I format, I'm in this panic as the panic mode is not a good look or mode for me. As I've already said, my brain does shut off. So I eventually go over to my brother who is also also an artist and um, an author and he helps me format it. And then we uploaded onto Amazon with barely 20 minutes to spare.
0: Barely. I'm like, my
1: brother's like, well, this is so weird. This countdown thing. And I was like, I I just picture (laughs) you have like the
0: countdown and then you have like the proofreading percentage, like how far they are. And then you're like fucking frantically formatting. You must've just been like, you must've just been like, like hot coals just like.
1: I was so bad. It, It keeps going. It keeps going. So I didn't. Me and my brilliant mind didn't realize that after you log it in and this countdown thing you couldn't make any changes, right? And so um oh yeah. Oh yeah, wait, wait, Mark, keep going. This is this is this is release number one that just kept on just kept on giving me great learning lessons. So um got a the, lot of lessons out of this one. So many so within like 14 or no, Evie is in uh, New Zealand. So she, like, within a certain time, like really quickly, I found, I was told that I had two critical errors in the body of my manuscript. So my editor had literally written um, something error? in My editor had written in parentheses, you need to fill in details here with like asterisks. And like, but she hadn't tagged it with a comment. So while I was frantically going through everything and addressing everything, I didn't see these two because I wasn't, I didn't have time to read my book and my brain was so, I was so elevated. I wouldn't have been able to actually really see the book if that makes sense. Um, and so uh, like I had critical two critical errors in the manuscript and then they kept on, they kept on going. So as I fixed those critical errors um, I would adjust the proofreading on the manuscript. And Elizabeth, she was the one that, um, that I ended up paying. She did a great job on her proofread and was very in depth and I'm very grateful. And I, with her, because we didn't know each other, I was reading, I was actually reading what she was doing line by line edit, unlike what I did with Parissa. And I didn't always like what she did. So I wasn't going to accept all. I was was copying a chapter at a time, putting it into a new word doc because I had to, anyway, I was finalizing that in the new word doc and then I was taking that copy and pasted and putting it back into booksicle so that it could format it for me and then make it easier on the backside. Okay. So I get, um, we're working nonstop. My panic is like oh, up here. Um, I, and by Friday morning, I get 45% of Elizabeth's edits. And at this point I'm like, Elizabeth, you need to sleep. Like just calm. Like it's, it's going to be what it's going to be. Right. And so and Evie's done with her read and I integrate all of them and I then upload or attempt to upload that into Amazon so that people don't get critical errors. And that's when I discover that in the, the countdown, the countdown, they lock your account to make any changes 72 hours prior to a pre-order release. So I'm now total meltdown because. Uh, people are going to feel like five people, but still five people that are my customers, my supporters, and, and like took a chance on me are going to get a copy with a critical error. I'm like, so beyond upset. I can't even tell you. And then the only way to out to like possibly, possibly, uh, fix this is to stay up until the book launches on Amazon, which is maybe, uh, like about 12 o'clock. Um, and you, that I'm an early riser. And at this point I'm like not sleeping and I'm a hot, I'm a hot mess. Uh, so I stay up until again, very late for me, like whatever time, 12, 30, whatever. I upload this new manuscript the moment I possibly could on Amazon and oh, fingers crossed. Uh, I think I went to bed crying. This is not like an abnormal thing, um, that, that week.
0: <laughs> and, uh, <laughs>
1: that week was painful and uh, hoping that they accepted the new version and people downloaded that on their book. Great. I wake up the next day. I actually have to buy the book to figure out if they got it. And they did. And I was like, okay, I can tell people I did this now. I can tell people. So I started telling people because, you know, I was too scared to actually, you know, voice it. And I had, I, I would voice it on my newsletter, but that's, that was kind of a safe zone. So I, started telling people about it and and I ordered the physical proof of the book and at this point I'm thinking I can I can deregulate the stress and anxiety and all the cortisol and I can read the book physically and do it all right so I get the book and I start reading it the proof on Thursday now I only electronically released it you did nobody got the physical copies so I get the physical book I'm reading through and chapter five I realize. I missed copying and pasting three fourths of of the chapter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Yeah, that happened. And then as I continue onward, uh, chapter 14, I start to get like really upset and I don't entirely know why for a while. And then chapter 15, I like throw the book and I'm enraged upset because um, Parisa had taken 15 and uh, parceled it down and changed a lot of things that I liked. and i I'd like and i very specifically didn't like how she introed the uh the chapter it, it wasn't my words it was like anyway so I, I like stopped reading at that point um i didn't know what i could do in terms of like fixing fixing so i just adjusted a few of the words to make it more mine in, in chapter 15 and then i integrated the rest you're of literally the-
0: getting mad about now i can see your whole like demeanor change there like you're, you're so, pissed just thinking about it. It was so painful.
1: Okay. So the whole anyway. So the I stopped reading because I could not read. Put the book. Uh, put the integrated um, edits all the way to the end from Elizabeth, and then uploaded that new version and released that one as a physical copy and as an ebook copy. And then I walked away from it, and I was so angry at my book. I mean, I got great feedback, and people were very supportive, and I don't think, like, what I heard was those that did read it without the, the Chapter 5 portion of it, they didn't notice that it was gone because they might not have, you know, they just rolled on in. I luckily chopped it at, a, like, a, a nice spot.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, um, but that, I mean, that's gonna, I, that's going to hurt almost just as much as people noticing because you're like, was it really so, like, useless or whatever that nobody even noticed it was gone
1: well no one would know honestly and it was a conversation that showed the friendship and and like it and, but but uh, yeah um i think now that people might read it they might they if they got you know where it was they wouldn't have said that, but but <laughs> <clears throat> you don't know what you don't know until you know and then, right. and then you have an opinion at that point so the um, so then I let it go and then I didn't read it. I did the thing I wanted to have it for in November, was still like moved on and wrote my little novella, um, fastest book I've ever written in comparison. And, um, and then, and then when I, I plotted out cause it's a complex book. So I plotted out with Kelly, all of book two. So I'm, I was locked in loaded and ready to go for book two. And then I sat down and I was like, I got to read this book. I got to read the book to make sure I'm not missing anything and like, to get over it. So as I was reading the book, the anger reemerged. <laughs> Re-emer- it was like, and I, I forced myself to sit into the space of it because that's like the anger was essentially the iceberg to all of the feelings that I had throughout the entire journey and all of the self judgment and criticalness and etc. Of, of the creative space i had been in. For four to five years. And so I was like, I am not carrying this into book two. I am not, not doing this like negative experience again. We're, we're, we're done with it. So I'm going to sit and I'm going to release this and I'm going to take it slow. So I pull up the edited, Parissa's edited version. And I realize now I, my eyes are tired. So don't judge. But I like, I'd increase the font size, <laughs> but I realized. She, she deleted like, and this is why I say the, the font size and the increase, it looked she deleted like, like five to seven pages in chapter 14, she deleted like the same amount in chapter 15. And I was like, she did things within the book that didn't make sense to me. So like in one, in the 14, for example, it was the first scene that she learns magic. It was literally a scene where she's being taught how to do magic. And for the first time, and it additionally, there was there was like a, a visualization that I give you where she like looks, she's gotta make a decision and she's super private because of her past. And so she makes a decision, she's staring at a rock and she, and the tree, a tree is like strangling this rock. And she feels like the tree of life is just strangling her and crushing her and putting fissures into her, right? And so- Same. Um, so- yeah. <laughs> Right? Every, we can all feel that way. And so she's she's experiencing this. She's got the we've got this visualization. She decides to learn how to do some magic thing here. And then we move on. Now, in that scene itself, if I hadn't carried that visualization throughout the rest of the book, it wouldn't would have been okay to have been cut. No one would have known. But I literally keep referencing the rock and the roots and being crushed by life. They're out of the book. And so it made no sense to me that it was cut. And then And then I got to, so then I sat down and I was like, this is, I can't, I can't. And there were other little things like, um, there was a scene where she makes, um, she makes mention, well, this was cut in this, this version, but, um, so she's, she's being presented with something, a trial. And in this trial, it's, it's like a, almost like gladiating fight, gladiator fighting almost. And so, but with magic, and the people she's talking to are like, it's going to be pretty bad. Like you, you have to know magic. You don't know magic. You have to be trained by magic for like a long time. you be really super confident to like do anything in combat style. It's going to be pretty bad. You're going to, it's not going to be good for you. And so she's like, oh, is it, she makes it, she drops this comment about, and I'm going to butcher my own word, but friar fighting. And, and then I explain friar, that this fighting is a, is a slave based gladiator style to death fighting Um, that happens in a country called Shalexam that um, she, when she was in seven to 10 years old, the guy caring for her or in charge of her or like her owner, if you will, um, he would force her to fight in it. And so, and so she was like, oh, is it like this? Because like, I've, like I' like like if if I'm not gonna die, if if it's not, if I'm not dying in it, then I can survive anything because I survived those little fights when I well, they're not little, but those fights when I was a kid. And like that garners a reaction from her team because she's so private. she doesn't talk to anybody about any of her past. And then the next scene, it has a con like she, one of her closer friends on the team um brings it back up and she just straight she's she's like regretting it like and so she chopped that conversation from that chapter but left the scene and the insinuation that the like and so it just things like that didn't make sense to me so I had to sit down into this space of like you don't normally pull a book off the market this is not a normal thing but I don't live a normal life I live one that's more authentic to myself and what I feel comfortable and what I feel like I'm thriving by leaving the book on the market? Or would I feel better if I fixed it and then moved on with the, with like a different energetic space and more in love with the book? And so I also am a huge believer of manifesting. And I believe my book will have the potential to possibly reach a lot of readers. And I decided that I'd rather have the book now that's only sold, even though I'm so grateful for the 100 people that bought it, hundred copies. Hopefully you've kept it and it's an exclusive item that makes you millions later, guys. But anyway, I pulled that off the market before a lot of people bought it, fixed it. And then this is my re-release of it. And while I did that, I literally sat in the space of, I'm taking this really slow. I'm not going to be pressurized. I'm, I, I might feel anger, disgust, shame, guilt, whatever I'm feeling right now, but I'm going to fix that as I let it flow through me and I'm not going to have, it's not carrying, it's not carrying. And this book is, I mean, it's my first book, so it's not going to be perfect, but it's, um it is no longer, I no longer carry the weight and I feel much more content and satisfied with my, my, and happy with my current product. Um, and with fee story, I feel like it is more accurately described or even with, and so that's the the experience with my my book, and uh, pulling it from the market and why I relaunched it, and it's going to be released on September fourth. Um,
0: which is soon. It's very exciting.
1: Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I
0: think uh, I I think that even though it's not done, I I personally think that it's really impressive that you you made that call. Um, I think. You know a lot of people like I think fucking most people probably once they hit that like you can't change anything after 70 like 72 hours leading up to that probably that's right around where I would have been like all right well that's the end (laughs) you know that's the end of that story moving on to the book number two (laughs) hopefully this next one goes good so like I think um you know I think I think that it's good that you were able to go back and do that and change that um I think for a lot of people, you know, we look back at, like, the work we've done in the past, um, and we don't get to maybe necessarily be proud of it, right? Because you, especially, like, this is your first book, like, I feel like everybody probably looks back at their first book, and they like, they don't love it, you know? And so I think that mm-hmm. the fact that you were able to, like, take a second chance at, at bat, I think that that's probably something, like, not a lot of people get to do, and you should be really like happy and proud that you were able to do it. And also that you had the guts to to be like, no, my brand is better than this. And like my my work is better than this. And I am more, I'm less afraid of maybe getting egg on my face by pulling it off the market than I am of putting out inferior work. And I think that that's an important thing to look at too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I- I, I, I thank you because it did take a lot of bravery. Um, I I will not lie; it was a decision that it is counter counter what is done in um, the field. Period. You put your book out and you're done. Especially as a new time author, um, what they what they really recommend is rapid releasing, which leads to burnout. To be very honest, but for people to just write and put it out and write and put it out, write and put it out. Um, but I, yeah, it's just. It's not who I am. But I, it is a fine line, too, because um, I know people who have written like a, 10 drafts and have had their book ready and found imperfection in it in, in the last like 10 years and still haven't put it out there. Yeah. And so that's what like, I
0: I definitely didn't want to say that because I didn't know how you were feel like I didn't want to like make it feel like I was dragging or anything. But like I do think that for other people um like it sounds like you were able to close that chapter i think for a lot of people the ability to like go back and pull it off the market and redo it i think a lot of people get caught in that trap of like see for me i don't get caught in that trap because like i am very much like a person who lives or who creates in like um like in uh, like i on the what the fuck word am i looking for Like, on the fly. Like, everything I do, like, I don't do a lot of scripting. I don't do a lot of, like, anything. I just, like, go and and record. And and as I'm working, I allow the idea or whatever I'm doing to unfold in front of me. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I don't, you know, once something is, like, good enough, that's good enough. And then I can always fall. And, like, part of me thinks I probably do that as, like, a way of, that way I can always be like, oh, well, of course it sucked. You know, I mean, I fucking didn't even have a plan going into it. Like, of course, there was no option but for it to suck. You know what I mean? So, like, there's always yeah. that. Like, I have that, like, built in excuse that it, I can always, mm-hmm. like, fall back on. And um, if something's not good or it's not successful, it, it's easy for me to be like, well, of course it wasn't. I fucking didn't even try, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: I, well, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, doing, yeah. Yeah.
0: I just fucking went out there with my camera and I shot a video and it came out like it is, you know? And if it was bad, well, it's not my fault. It was, that's the fault of you know, the inherent part of me that hates plans, you know, so. <laughs> so, um, but I, anyways, that was a really long roundabout way of saying, I think that like a lot of people do get caught up in their, um, in their like fear of not releasing or not putting out the work that they have or like putting their heart and soul into something and then not sharing it with the world. And it doesn't sound like that's where you came from though. It sounds like you came from a place of being like, I want this just to be good enough for everybody, you know?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, um, I cannot really understand because putting yourself out to the world means you're putting yourself out to people's criticisms and their judgments. And I already like, I'm already stacking my own there. Um, or I was really strongly stacking my own corner of, of negative criticism that, that really, um, I didn't need anybody to be like, Oh, well, you know your story was like good enough um where like your story was good but they had like issue i actually had had, had several people say like oh, i i can give you feedback oh, give, give, give me feedback <laughs> like, oh, but they would uh yeah like give, I, I need the feedback i want to hear the feedback so i can like like figure out like if it's real um and like many people have never written a book and so i always want to like yeah, you might be readers, but have you tried? Like, are you going to be compassionate to the author? You want, you want perfection on first run? Okay. Well, it's not going to be that way for me. There's, um, a, there's
0: a great story about Kanye West, who has a lot of issues. Um, and so this is, but he, his like first, the first time before he had a record label, he, or a record deal, he showed up to some major record label and just walked in. And was just like i needed a meeting with like whoever like anybody i need a meeting with anybody and he was walking around and just like he eventually like ended up like kind of cornering the secretary and playing his mixtape like to her while she was in the corner um and she like if you watch the video she's just like looking super uncomfortable because this is just some crazy person off the street who walked in there and started playing her his mixtape right and wow. uh and they were like this is terrible like you need to get the fuck out of here like we're not giving you a deal this is awful And he was like, this isn't awful. Like, you just don't get it yet. And I think, you know, and like, I feel like that you'd laugh to like, I don't even know where I was going with this story. It made sense in my head a minute ago, but now I've lost it. it.
1: It's really late for you. But I think if I'm tracking, I think it's more of the, the, like the belief in, the product might not be perfect, but it's the product. Like it's, it's the belief in your product. Right. It's like you have the vision and it doesn't matter if other people see it or not. Right. You just keep that vision. And then um, eventually, hopefully others will, will see the vision too.
0: Um, and it's so easy some- to criticize. Like it's so easy. And like, I do, I do it too. I'm i I'm a, like a cynic at heart, you know, I'll, I like, and I make, A lot of jokes at people's expenses that you know it's just joking around but it's easy to criticize people it's like way easier to criticize people than to than to put yourself out there you know so so easy and so like Um, i I like the line you mentioned where you're like well you're a reader but have you ever written anything because like i don't know honest i i am very rare in the fact that um or like i'm very weird in the fact And this has actually been a problem in my life in that, like, I don't feel embarrassment. Like, I don't know what that emotion feels like. I don't ever feel embarrassed or, um, like, it's like a weird dead spot in my, like, ability to feel emotions. Like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it other than that, but like, I just don't, it's not something I've ever felt or know what that feels like. Um, Mm -hmm. and so like, I've never had, so like, I already don't really care about other people's opinions about my work or anything. Um, And so but like, I definitely don't care if they're not really like if they're not out there too, like that it's I I, I don't know. I guess I, I have a very hard time with criticism. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. and and as as you were saw, as you were talking, I think it also incorporates, so there's two things what, that came to mind. One was my mantra that it's none of my business what other people think of me. It's really, it's not. Um, it's my business to know what I think of me and it's mine to like move in that space and collect the people that will support me, not the people that will find things wrong with me um, or with my work. And then the other is like, where do I give the power to? Cause people, words have power, actions have power. There's power, right? And so like, do I really wanna give um power to people i don't know that will affect how i live how i thrive how i creatively feel or do i want to just especially in the beginning stages want to just stay in my power base and just be like i have to i i feel called like compelled i'm i'm very persistent uh, to write this story and then to write my dream so eventually it's going to get to that really fantastical world which is more sci-fi I'll say that I'll, I'll leave you with my dream ended with me flying my own spaceship feeling really fabulous and I woke up and I was like why am I on this earth <laughs> I should be flying that spacecraft just doing that thing I was doing my life was awesome up there <laughs> but uh, anyway the the whole um The whole point is that the power and the belief system and knowing that I, I I know I need to write that dream somehow. I know I need to finish this book and this book series. I like, I, I just, I know I need to wander. I like these, if if I lived my life based on other people's opinions, I'd be probably married and with children and (laughs) tired and not writing and creating my dream and locked into a, place somewhere
0: well this is kind of the (laughs) other this is the other way i think about it too is like you know one of the big things that always comes up because i do a lot of shooting out in public like and like vlogging and like that kind of thing i mean people will always be like well don't people look at you weird when you're holding a camera like aren't you embarrassed isn't it weird holding a camera in public and like people looking at you and i'm like i'm like i make videos on the internet for my job and you work nine to five in an office building like which of us which of us is really the idiot well we don't want to you
1: know call names
0: no and but i mean i want
1: to, I, I, want I want to, to call that. names
0: i want to call names
1: <laughs> you do well but you know what i mean, I mean, I mean it's like which, is like, well, which of, of us life.
0: i mean usually people who say something like like that aren't coming in a nice way. I don't mean, I don't mean who's an idiot, but I just mean, yeah, now that you've yeah. called me out on it, I guess I got a back, I got a back but, um, <laughs> uh, so you know, make- like which of, which of us is really the one who's in the worst situation here. Like people are going to look at me funny. Most people don't even notice. Honestly, people are so caught up with their own lives and everything else going on. They don't, I mean, I'm a fat guy, fat ball guy with a camera. They probably just think I'm on vacation, you know? And, and, uh, so, like, but which of us is really, like, on the losing end of this of this game we're playing, you know?
1: Or, or the way I like to think of it is, like, who, who feels like they're really thriving and who's, who, who might be kind of plateauing, right? Their sun might not be reaching or the, the nutrients might not really be flowing in their roots.
0: And there's, al- but, um, there's also, like, an audacity to create, to, like, being, like, I have these things in my head that are so awesome that I deserve to make a living on them, right? And so like, if you're gonna have the audacity to be like, you know, you really need to see what's going on in my head, like, then you also have to accept that like, people are gonna look at you funny, people are gonna not understand, people are gonna think you're a weirdo, people are gonna judge you, they're gonna shit on you. I mean, I'm sure that when you told people that you were leaving your job to become a full-time author and you'd never written a book before, I'm sh- I can only imagine the looks that you've got, right?
1: Still, probably still get, because I'm not making money off of this. <laughs> like, I haven't made money since I left my job, which was in 2021. And so, like, there's there's a heavy dose of fear with making these decisions. You just, it's not, and you do get looks. And uh, I there's this uh, YouTube video I did for my Kickstarter campaign. And I almost want to pull up the speech, because I think it was, like, a really cool way that I got to describe, um, my overall, um, I had, I had the, so I talk in this, in this particular YouTube video about the fact that I am, oh, this is not the one. Um, I don't know where I hid them, but I, I talk about the echoes, right? Like people might not, might not actually even say it. But like when I was doing all of the working, especially when I was in ho- when I was at home in New Hampshire with my family, I missed birthday parties. I parties would happen around me. People would come. I deliberately didn't hang like sh- hang out with anybody because I needed to write. I didn't have time. If I had time, that meant I should be investing it in something. If I wasn't sleeping or working out or doing the things that like needed to propel my myself forward, right? And so I've. I've sacrificed friendships. I have sacrificed, um, lots of things. And I also want to say that my life feels better for me living it this way. So anybody who is married kids and all of that, and you're living a happy content life, then that that's like, our lives are just incomparable. Um, and I'm not judging in a bad way, um, that my life is different if period. So, uh, it just needs, I just to be called
0: everybody way. in office buildings an idiot. I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're fine.
1: I know, I know, but I just like, you know, I want like, it's so easy for people to compare. And when they look at because I have this in my newsletter, when they like when I will send out my monthly newsletter, and I've got all of these places that I've been, I deliberately put at the bottom of it a really nice, well, I think it's a really nice little saying that's like, just let's not compare our lives. We're incomparable. And your life, with your your um, reasons for living it and your acts of daily bravery, are bringing you where you need to be right now. And let's just rise instead of compare, because comparing is not fun. Um, somebody's going to be in, inadequate in some way, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm about like we're all adequate. We're all enough. Um, if we want to go for the Barbie thing, because I've actually watched that movie, enough. <laughs> <laughs> And it should be with a male. So anyway, um, I, the, the, uh, where was I going with all of that? The, um,
0: before I went off onto the speech about leaving your job, people, the f- not making money. The um, d- uh, no, no, that's okay. You're uh, still Knuff
1: I'm still kind of, oh, I think there were two. Um, oh, the echoes. So, like, even as I was doing all of these things that, like, literally made me quite reclusive and hermited and, and like, I like, started dropping social skills and whatnot. Like, I barely, I mean, I showered and dressed, but I dressed in yoga clothes. Like, right. I, I don't actually really own great clothes anymore. Um, but like, the, the echoes of people that would come. Like I can't tell you how many times in my life I've had people like just not acknowledge me in a room. I've had people like passing in hallways. It's just us in the morning at work. And I'd be like, Hey, and they'd be like, you are non-existent in my world. And, and it like literally uh, the echoes of how people feel can resonate in our souls. And they can also, they, it takes, it takes more fortitude to overcome the echo that we might not even know is there. Like the belief that oh yeah she's gonna do it she's gonna learn she can't actually make it out in the field we're gonna watch her fall and then like and then you know we'll watch her pick herself up or maybe you know maybe we'll snicker in the background or told you i told you so like they might not be saying these words or oh yeah i tried to but it didn't work for me because x y and z or like the echoes still resound and i would very deliberately listen to music and listen to things that um that like I resonated with feeling like an underdog now i feel i'm not enough like if in the spectrum of things i'm just a normal person i'm really not an underdog um i think there are a lot of people that have a lot more challenging lives out there that are underdogs and have a lot more to kind of move through but um but the echoes we have to be aware of too because they influence us who we hang out with influence us um i, I like i wouldn't let my father read my work and I love my father right like um but literally when I read him the back of the book cover that I was making after quitting my job after like moving into this space of like you know big fear I read him the back of the cover and he was like what the hell are you writing <laughs> I'm like, wrong person to ask why did I do this this was really 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 bad choice and then he continued to go in uh, like all in in because he, like, I was like, oh, bad, bad. And he was like, oh, no, we're in it now. What are you doing? <laughs> this is I need a metaphysical message with your book. That's my dad. <laughs> retracting, retracting, retracting. <laughs> Let's go hide in somewhere else. Um, and then I called somebody who was, my friend Kelly. And like, oh my God, Kelly, I just, <laughs> This is what just happened. <laughs> You're, like, You're fine. You're good. You're good. It's okay. Um, and so you need to find the people that are like, my dad does love me and he does want to support me and he, but he doesn't always do it in the way that is supporting. Right. Um, And he might not realize that he's thinking he's being really helpful, but no, and that's not.
0: I think, uh, I think um, one of the, I think one of the, um, kind of interesting things you just talked about where like, or like, I think an interesting perspective on this is that like, I'm sure you feel this way too. And I feel this way too, where it's like, you realize how ridiculous it is to like you understand like no one understands better than me when i tell you that i can't hang out this week because i'm making dumb videos for the internet like i realize how ridiculous that is right like when mm-hmm. when you're like i can't go to your, my niece's birthday party because i have to work on my book right and like you realize the the ridiculousness of taking something like this so seriously so like we don't yeah. need we don't need reminders like we know yeah. I, fucking, I wake yeah. up every morning and I'm like, maybe I should quit. This is probably stupid. <laughs> but I do it anyways, you know.
1: Because it feels right. And there's something pulling us. And it's it's about following the the drops of joy or like the, the drops of our calling and seeing where it leads. Because it might not be what you were doing when you started, but it's going to evolve into something or drop you into some place you had no idea you could even go. And then bam, right here we
0: are. Yeah, you never Um, know – that's something very interesting is that you never know what opportunities are going to open up, like what situations are going to be coming down the road. You don't know. Like you could be writing these books and then for all you know in in five years you'll – you won't have been successful as an author, but you will coach other people who will be – go on to become successful authors, right? Because you've been – because you hit – you did hit every branch and you fuck – you know (laughs) – and you had to pull your book off the market and re-release it and do all these things that all these other people. And so, like you have all of this information. There's a I used to buy bo- boxed for a very long time, and one of the things that um, one of the sayings or like one of the concepts that you talk a lot about is like uh, the best coaches weren't necessarily the best boxers. It's the mediocre boxes boxers who went on for a long time and competed with the best boxers because the best boxers generally you have um, like there has to be a very high genetic potential. Like you already yeah. have to be like genetically a, a, a super athlete to compete at like a high level. Um, and so if you're, if you're not that, but you have to compete against these people anyways, and you can still learn how to do well, then when you run into someone who is a, um, who is just starting their journey, but they have the potential to be great. You know, all the, all of the tricks and all of the things that can um, kind of help someone get to that next level. Right. So like those yeah. were not saying that you're not going to be, I'm sure that you will be a billion dollar author. You're going to be like, uh, I don't, I can't think of any off, authors off the top of my head right now, but cut me some slack. Cause it's two 30 in the morning over here. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that you don't know where things are going to take you. And all we can do is do our best and just go in the, go with the flow and go in the direction that we think is the right direction and, and hope it is.
1: And, and like, I feel like this, this trust, this hope and trust, um, I've had to lean into that and into the sales, like in, literally into the winds of the unknown. Um, and every time that I like jump, um, I feel like I jump and it gets easier and it gets easier and easier and it doesn't, and like my, like fear of failure has really shifted to like, like it just has shifted. And even, even my, um, I might not yet be ready cause I plan on doing a YouTube video and I uh, but like YouTube channel. I have some videos up as I mentioned, and I do plan on doing a podcast, but I don't know what that feels like yet. And so I haven't, um, I keep toggling with it and toggling with like, um, so for everybody, m- my name is Krista Maravilla. Maravilla is one of my given names and it translates to Marvelous. And so, um, finding my inner Marvel, as I said, in 2015, 16, it, it took some real big, brave acts and some lots of deconstruction of beliefs and identities to like lean into where I am now and where I am now is nowhere near the end of my journey. It will only keep getting better because I'm doing the work to make sure I feel good in my body and I'm constantly trying to grow and challenge myself the um so being marvelous is a really huge thing because i've had i had one professor in one of my master's degrees and yes i have two masters because i'm a nerd um the the that who knew spanish and he called me he didn't like me because he, he just didn't like me which is very rare because i um, i'm one of those like i need to like connect with this a professor and do really well but he didn't like me for whatever his reasons were I think it's because I got permission to go on a three week trip to Spain, actually, um, in the middle of the, in the beginning of his course. And he was like, who the hell does she think she is? Uh, anyway, he kept that who the hell does she think she is throughout eight months of us having to work together. And when he was, um, one of my, like an internship coach, uh, an internship mentor, um, professor, He gets me on the phone and uh, he, and I'm working full time. Like literally I'm going to work at five in the morning. I'm leaving work. I'm going to an internship. I'm leaving the internship and going back to work. I'm leaving the the work and going to school. I'm doing the repeat throughout to catch up for what I did. So I'm really tired and burnt out and like trying really hard to do the best I could. He gets me on the phone and obviously things are cracking. Gets me on the phone and he just lays into me. And then he ends it with like, oh, cause my, My email address at the time was Krista Maravilla. Actually, it still is Krista at Krista Maravilla. But, and he was like, who the hell do you think you are? You're not marvelous. Do you know that that, and literally, and at the time I was like, I'm not marvelous. You're right, I'm not marvelous, I'm horrible. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And so I like a hundred percent, and this is a mental health professional going at me as an intern, trying to do her best, um and i took it took me what that happened in like 2009 it took me until 2015 14 16 18 to like literally sit into the marvel of who i am as a human to be like i am enough i'm good i'm marvelous that's right and so one of my goals with everything that i do is to like well how can i make you feel marvelous how can how can you sit into your brave acts and figure out that you because it's not my responsibility to make you marvelous it make you feel marvelous it's your responsibility to sit into that space and be like, "I am that um, but how can I inspire you to get there or any anyone really and so you'll see Maravilla that's the book how I'm going through on this current professional track um for the coaching for the for the book writing um I drop little snippets of like, well, how can we be healing in our thought patterns throughout this book? Um, Because I think it's really important to to see like different ways to think that can make us feel slightly better or retrack our focus because some things we're just not going to feel good about. (laughs)
0: um, So anyway, I went off on a diatribe there. I'm sorry. Well, I think you're marvelous. If that's any consolation, I mean, I'm not a professor and I have very, very few credentials of any kind. (laughs)
1: it you know i think that a lot of people put way too much power and stock into those who might have professional credentials yeah it can help but some of the most successful stories out there nobody has credentials um right like then they they live a marvelous inspiring beautiful life and and so i i want to reflect back that you have power in your words and i do appreciate absolutely your feedback but gratefully i also don't need it because now (laughs) i'm fully i mean i have to work on me all the time to make sure i stay there but yeah i appreciate it
0: i have i have a game to play okay real quick hold on one second Okay, I'm back. Were you entertaining while I was gone?
1: Um, I, I grabbed my phone, but I do have... I, I want to warn you, I'm not very great with anything that would require TV or social media or movies or music.
0: No, it's just a notebook. Okay. So I re- I'm reading a book called Creativity Sucks by Phil Hansen. Um, and it basically it just talks about life as like a creative and... He basically he lists out these a bunch of um, things, like why creativity can suck and how and like various ways it can suck for the person who is the is the creative professional. And so I just wanted to get your feedback on some of the things you do to move past some of these issues that he brings up. So it's not really it's not a game in like the traditional sense where it's fun. It's more like it's it's I'm just curious how you get past these things because I run into them all the time. And if you want, I will also answer. So, it's, but I'm more interested in hearing what you say. Uh, we don't, so this is the first one um, is we don't know when, or even if ideas are going to show up.
1: It's true. Um, I will sit down like this short story. Some, sometimes when I have to write magical scenes, I've got my mind I'm blank. Right. And then I have to figure out how to tap it in. But, when, when I have one, it's about sitting down for the routine and like just I, I'm going to write and it doesn't matter if I write nonsense or if I write something epic, typically not epic. Um, but so, like, but every once in a while,
0: write. but every once in a while, epic.
1: Right, right, right. Um, and so the, the, the routine for me would be to write and it doesn't matter if the idea is good it just to write something and then to see where it leads you because the first thousand words might be, might not be coming out great, but then the next two or three, you might get a nugget in there or you might get a nugget at the 1500 mark and then be like, all right, I got it. And then delete the rest. Um, Writing sprints, I feel like are that way for me where you sit down and you're just like, all right, sprint, just write, don't stop. And um, mine are horrible. Uh, I hate them. (laughs) But straight up and I should do them more. So it increases my writing and increases the flow state. Um, but you don't, you don't have to have a well-formulated idea to be creative.
0: Do you ever do you, this is kind of off topic, but this just came up. So I'm just going to bring it up. Um, do you ever like when you're writing, do you start with like, Is what I'll do sometimes if I have like, if I need to get into like, um, like, like, withdrawing or with writing like if you like you're a fantasy writer but do you ever start with mm-hmm. just like describing what's around you or like describing yourself and then eventually it just kind of goes into being fantastical or like you know what I mean um, or, do, I do. or do you have to write in the real world and then also in the fit fa- like does it have to be separate is it separate things for you
1: it's, it's separate and I will also share that description though. My spark has full of a lot of description, the rest of the, like my short story, my novella novella, not so much because it, it's they're wordy when you describe a lot, you use a lot of words and I'm trying very deliberately to be short on each of these. Uh, but when I was doing it in uh, spark, I would have tantrums. I'd have to get up early before my resistance kicked in and I vetoed my morning pages. And i would write when i didn't have my ego in the way telling me i couldn't create i couldn't describe scenes i couldn't world build i couldn't do whatever and then that's the time frame that i would do my my descriptive world building writing because if i did it any other time i would sabotage myself um so i typically don't start in the real world if i'm writing i'm i'm writing in the already fantastical world. And it's about imagining the scenes. And luckily, I've traveled so diversely, right? And I've seen so many different environmental, um, just just environments and, and climates and, and uh, landscape that I can pull from this plethora of of information. And then sometimes it takes some research. Like there's, um, there's a scene, there's a forest called Sacred Woods in my book and it's Redwoods. Essentially, I mean, it's a much more grandiose redwood, but anyway, and so I don't like there's a smell to the redwoods that if you've never been there, you don't know, but they're like there's something beautiful, and like it's, and so when I'm describing a scene like that, I might pop into and be like, Well, help me describe, and there's this like spiciness in the air, and it's just anyway, so I will, I'll do. Like my my back my like my wandering has helped me pull in lots of information for creative spaces that I then put into the fantastical world. But my world is nothing like our world at all. No, I mean sometimes when we pop into magic, we get a little bit more like it because then I'll have like opening doors off of like magical sensors and blah blah blah. But um, it yeah.
0: Do you it, write, do you help. write with a paper and pen or do you write with a? with like a uh, electronically
1: uh, my morning pages are always by hand my writing is always electronically and i'm i'm like a really as i said really routine so i will only write in booksicle i've got like that format like anyway the look i'm gonna say um, if way. i write in, i get grumpy i don't like it <laughs> um and then so and like, there's other features to Booksicle that I like, so I can have my series bible. My my characters are so complex that I have to pull up and be like, "Oh, is that right?" And, and so it's right there.
0: Right. Um, but, yeah.
1: Well,
0: thank you. Sorry, that was a tangent upon a tangent within our game. This is a very lame game I came up with. Um, next, the next, the next, the um, next thing that was brought up is difficulty in coming up with something original. How do you? how do you move past that or do you uh, worry family. that like your, your ideas are not far enough away from like your inspirations or your like uh, not inspirations, your, what do you call it? When you like something, <laughs> you, yeah. like your like when you, Oh fuck, what word am I thinking of? I'm super sorry right now.
1: You're very tired and that's okay. It's understandable. Um, yeah, oh. well, I'm just
0: going to cut that last part out I'm not going to cut it out but I'm going to say I'm going to cut it out and we'll just, ign- just ignore whatever that I just said but what do, what do you do about coming up with original ideas or moving away from like into the world into like the original the feeling of putting out something in original work as opposed to like a, a carbon copy of something that's already been done
1: um, hmm, uh, I, so my book has not, it's all original, so it just poured out of me in a, uh, let me not say poured. I'm like a lemon I'm just gonna, squished in. Um, and so there was no pouring. There was a lot of squeezing and, and compression and, um, the, the book itself is original because everything about it was original. I had to stop reading books that were good quality um or like within my genre because i didn't i should take the good quality out but like were within my genre because i would compare and i and then i would be, it would be a roadblock for me so um what i do is i just sit and write and i don't, i like what's the story coming out of me is my story i don't think of originality um or i'm not following a cookie cutter plan uh some people do have like you know there's like there's lots of ways to Craft a a novel, and they might follow a formatted description.
0: The hero, the hero's journey.
1: Well, the hero's journey, mine kind of does do that. If you take a look at kind of the the beat systems in it, Um, it's it's about the beat system and not the actual uh, and not about the actual originality of the story. Because if you want, like, nothing's really original. If you
0: yeah, well, I mean, every literally every great story has followed the hero's journey for like the last. 10,000 years or since since humans started telling stories so pretty much any good story follows the hero's journey like template did you ever read the book mm-hmm. the if- the hero of the thousand faces I
1: don't like so.
0: that's it's about the hero's journey and like how it's how it uh, kind of just like how prevalent it is in our society because like Star Wars follows the hero's journey the odyssey follows the hero's journey like all pretty much any story you could think of fast and the furious follows the hero's journey like they all follow the hero's journey and it's just an interesting book when you when you read it and it breaks down like you know why why it is such a useful thing for a storyteller like why it's such a useful arc cuz it conveys the lesson at the end
1: it yeah or the growth of the character yeah so
0: Huh? Isaiah, I think I took over there for a minute. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, you have nothing to be sorry about. Um, it does, it, it's easier. So I think that for me, the hero's journey provides me with, with what I refer to as beat systems or, or points to which I want to make sure I hit because then it, it, it creates the, the right tension and the right building and breaking down of the character as we move. But the stories themselves, as we move through the story arc, but as the the stories themselves are are original, right? right? Like there are all pieces of work, and so um, I think it's it's being able to combine being comfortable in both. I highly, highly, highly recommend understanding the the plot, like the plot points, the beat system, the tension points, the hero's journey arcs, whatever arc it might be, romancing the beats. Um, there are more arcs out there. <laughs> because when you write to it um and you write to your audience around that you're not it's it's there and it's successful for a reason right and so like i want like i highly recommend people live their dream and do what's authentic to them but also i want them to not like do it with ease Um, and so like following a beat system story arc like that helps it with more ease because people receive it better. Right. They follow it and like, they can understand it better instead of, um, well, it's why we use tropes
0: too. Yeah. Same thing with tropes. Like why do we have the, you know, the old like man tell the story, you know, of his childhood that leads to the epiphany for the hero of the story. It's because, you know, the trope is that the old wise, person is there to guide us right so like there's those tropes that you can use and those are like those are like tools for authors and like those characters that have already been developed and that you don't have to go into developing you can just like use it as a as a something everybody's going to understand right the king is always noble or or you can twist it around Right. Or,
1: well, I mean, we're going to go uh, in the, you could twist the tropes around for sure, but when we're talking about the story arcs, they, people don't want to read a story and not get engaged with the story. So like, for example, within the, and my, my own editor gets me on this often, even with this current book I'm writing, we've already gone through a partial developmental edit and she reorged my first, my, my first act, um, which is all I've written right now. and in that she shifted so that the pacing and the climax happens within the third chapter. Um, and I've agreed to, like, I agreed to those changes because I, one, it's still in developmental, but two it's, um, it does increase the pacing. So you want to create something that actually engages your readers and they know what to expect. Like when you pick up this book, you know, you're going to have a climax with as like some sort of climatic, um, hold on, maybe not climax. That's not the right word um you're gonna have a catalyst that's the word you're gonna have the catalyst within xyz first one to three chapters but the first chapter really also has to engage you uh, and then you're gonna have some more um intense scenes by the time you hit at the end of act one into act two and then again at the end of act two into and i use acts because i break i use the save the beats in my head system where mm-hmm. it's like, three acts kind of um but then and then the climax so they know how to expect that arc right uh and it's easy and then and then when you don't give it to them they get bored right
0: right? well Um, i mean again it's it's the expectation like the three act narrative is like the oldest it's every again literally every story follows it right you have your setup and then you have the middle you have the the tension and then you have the resolve like every story from you know if you have a story, I'm gonna make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Well, I'm hungry. I go and I find the peanut butter and jelly, and I make the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and then I eat the sandwich at the end. If your story right. is I am hungry and I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and then it skips to you eating the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's not that's not a it's not a it's not a comforting nice. story. It's not a story that makes sense because you're right. missing pieces. Um, right. And so like like anyways, I don't again. I feel like I'm just losing it right now. <laughs> well,
1: I mean it's 2 it's almost 3 in the morning. So no, I know. I, I just it. feel
0: like I'm losing my thread here. I'm not normally like this. I don't want to I don't want to uh, do you dirty and give you a bad podcast. You're <laughs>
1: fine.
0: Um, what do you think about the idea of of making money from creativity killing the creative like when you're making your art, are you thinking about like the financial side of things and does that affect how you are being creative so i would say yes remember when i was talking about leaving my job
1: and my creative i thought i'd pump out work and whatever and then i left my job and she ripped my heart out (laughs) so that scared the scared everything out of me because i'd left my job i have no income i'm living off savings i'm doing this thing i'm being brave and i was paralyzed um, now I'm almost at the end of my savings and I am, um, there are moments where I have big levels of fear, but I also have moments of remembrance when I did big, brave things that I didn't know where the money was going to come from and to do those things, it always showed up. And so luckily I have this, um, this system, I guess, or this belief that things were going to, things are no matter what going to be okay. And and I can just go on, um, so it doesn't necessarily act as a block now. But I, I mean, I do have fear that that I'll have to realign my life in a way that might be uncomfortable for a while until I can do the thing I want to do again.
0: Does it? Does it ever affect like how you write a character? Maybe you think of like, oh, well, that may like because obviously no.
1: No, my characters make themselves. Um, I don't. I don't write to or in this series. And remember, I've only written this book for like five years. Um, so my characters created themselves, and I don't write them to write to an audience. I write them because they've written themselves, um, and that's. It's like the whole book. It, it.
0: Yeah. Good. I mean, that's no. That's awesome. That's something I feel like a lot of people. I. I'm similar. I don't really. I don't really write or do anything to, I mostly make like videos specifically. I'm, I make videos that I think are funny and entertaining. And then if other people like them good and if they don't, I don't care. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) but it's just one of those, for a lot of people, it's like you want to, and as you know, you get bigger as an artist and as, or as a lot of people get bigger as an artist, um, there's like this pressure to make something that's more like you know appealing to a larger audience and that comes with that comes with changes that you sometimes have to have to make um and sometimes i mean that kills some artists and some artists you know they don't go for it but i mean when you when your paycheck is tied to your creativity it's tough
1: It can be. Um, but I think that also finding different avenues to do, to like create income streams is important. So then it kind of can release that pressure valve. So you're not just being the creative writer. You can be the creative writer and the coach. You could be the creative writer and a YouTube channel host or podcaster. And like, and, and, uh, you can be, you can have, um, there's a lot of different, you can create, um, programming so that you're selling, on programs on how to write or how to be a creative in X, Y, and Z and helping people get to their dreams. Uh, and so that it takes the, again, that pressure valve off a little bit and deflects the stress of it into the other pots that you're creating income from. Um, I know somebody that was like selling t-shirts for passive income, <laughs> cat t-shirts.
0: Did you and buy one? And were making money off of with t nice t-shirts. Were they nice cat t shirt no,
1: I actually, I never bought one. Um, <laughs> uh i have a hard time buying things that i'm never going to use i just try not to
0: (laughs) well you travel all over the place so everything you buy you have to carry right so fuck that
1: (laughs) yeah i couldn't bring my i couldn't bring my calendar with me i couldn't bring um i couldn't bring my calendar so i'm very sad that the calendar that i had to buy it's nothing comparable to my calendar back in the u.s i like cannot wait to go home so i can just buy i think it's a kate spade calendar from barnes and nobles i like i cannot wait to just Buy it for the next year and a half, and then come back here, and then I'll. Be like, oh. <laughs>
0: I'm, yeah. How do you deal with the fear that um, people aren't going to like the stuff that you work the hardest on? Or have you ever now, been... Have, in- I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: That's actually taken me a long time to get through, um, and I think this idea of just not giving them the power—like they're they're not liking my work has no impact on my work because my voice in my work is meant for somebody who will actually read it and like it. And if you don't like it, just put it down and go away. Find something, find something nice to read that actually calls to your soul. Because I want, like, that's what I want for you. Something that resonates with somebody's soul. And if it's not my work, then that's okay. It's not an, a reflection on me. It's just a reflection that our energies and our voices don't align. And that's there's nothing wrong
0: with that. Absolutely, that's a very healthy way to think about it. So that so I think that's probably um, one of the funny things about posting online is is that like you can work really hard on something, like super hard, and think it's gonna do great, and it will get nothing. And you can just be like, oh fuck, I need to put something up tonight. I better hurry up and post something. And then you post it, and it's like the most popular thing you've ever done. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck just happened
1: <laughs> well the energy the energy in that, that is all different too because that what you're trying to get you've got resistance to because you're not sure you can actually get it and when you don't care there's no resistance and it goes wild i will share that my um like my social media i actually just dis- i I'm, I'm probably more like fee my main character i choose to not i mean when you get me i'm, I'm very chatty but i i don't like Think to converse with people, I'm typically in my head and doing my thing, and so like social media is hard for me. Um, any of those, like like actually, even sometimes talking to people and getting like literally when I was in Washington writing, I had to like make a very big effort to talk to people. So it's like it's very like social media is just I don't put a lot of things on social media. Um, one because. Then I feel like I have to curate it and I have to make it look like some sort of whatever, and I just don't have the time or energy or skill set. And then two, I have to come up with the content, and I'm just like, my brain hurts from coming up content with, for the the other content. I can't. I mean, I can't is not a word I typically, but I do not want to have to add this to my plate. And so, like, so typically, you'll see that I don't. You've been you've done a great <laughs> oh
0: you've done a great job talking. What? You've done a great job talking since we've started.
1: Well. In person easy peasy and we have a great we have a great flow, but if you want me to do like drop things on social it takes takes a lot there's, there's more <laughs> I'm, I'm working through that because i'm I'm being prompted to now but it's it takes a lot more out of me
0: th- well like you said, you tend to be a perfectionist or like you tend to lean toward the perfection and that you know social media is really just a dumpster you just throw everything in there and hope something sticks you know doesn't need to be good. There are twelve-year-old girls who are posting stupid videos on TikTok right now who get more, more views than the Super Bowl will this year. Oh,
1: that's that's actually kind of scary to me. I feel like
0: it's <laughs> right, but it's just it's just interesting that like, I mean, some of the some of the most iconic pieces of internet culture in the past twenty years were just you know, some guy with his fucking phone doing nothing it's it's very it's it's wild the way that that it works but um do you ever worry that you don't have the skills to pull off your ideas it sounds like like i don't know if this is true but like the story that you talk about the dream that you had where you're going to write the story um do you worry that you're not that you don't currently have the skills to pull that off is that why you're writing these earlier (laughs) books
1: Oh, I might not have said, I might not have said that. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, when I sat down to write the book in 2016 on my journey, and I realized I sucked up writing and I cleared away, I did not have the skill set. So when I sat down to write this book, which I called Fabio, and people mistakenly thought I was dating a Fabio for the last five years, and probably a very unhealthy relationship. Oh, you're not um, dating Fabio? I, I'm not dating. Sorry. Ricky. Yeah. But Fabio was my, what literally is my playground. So this is my playbook to learn how to write. I mean, it hasn't been play all the time, but there has been some great, great times to it. Um, so this, this book series is exactly that. It is my way to learn how to write and to craft and to like, um, I will have to work on that perfectionist type and tendency that I have because, um, for sure, uh, the next book series in fantasy world is going to be, I mean, I have to create languages. It's, 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 it's going to actually be a really in-depth, like it's since it's alien based, I mean, you got that from me flying a spaceship Um, and there's like so much more intricacy and complexity uh, that I have to like toggle out even before I start the world. Um, And so, yeah. This is it. This is my play.
0: Do you worry that... And I don't know what... Are you, do you ever worry that you will not be able to create or you will not get the acquire the skills that you need to to make the book that you want to make? Uh,
1: no. I feel like that, that train of thought is very stopping. I think um, my train of thought is more like when we, we'll get to it when we get to it and then we'll plow through those lessons. Just, I mean, if I have to you know, fall down all those, you know, the whole cliffside again, I should probably stop saying tree, the whole cliffside again and hit every single thing on the way down. It's fine. I've done it before. And I think if I, if hopefully, uh, when I sit down to write my dream book, I'll have more support around me to help me really to help catch me as I drop into those lessons. Um, And that's just all I can hope for. But No, it's gonna get done. You really Um, gotta
0: stop having all these super healthy answers. All right. Sorry. This was supposed. This is supposed to be. uh, This was supposed to be the drama portion of the show. Um, I'll try. I don't know if I can. I'll see.
1: Yeah, try to drama. Try
0: to dramatize it up a little bit. Okay, just don't be afraid to lie. Just lie. (laughs) Um. Do you do you ever? Uh, how do you move past letting the stress of a project ruin like the enjoyment of it?
1: Oh, well, I think that uh, I don't honestly. You have, to... <laughs> you have to sit through it. Yeah, you have to. Like, if this, if the project is so stressful that it starts to stop the flow of it, like literally block it, then there's gonna be a need to like take a take a yoga trip or go like break the energy up um but ultimately like how i experienced it i had to sit through all of that stress negative energy and i think my deliberate choice to let it go in february um is a big shift. but you it's just um like just monitor and like when you do need a break and it's becoming too much that it is a block take care of yourself, Um, get playful. I can't hear you.
0: Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, You use that word a lot, playful. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that where you kind of keep bringing yourself back to?
1: I think so. I think there's, I have a youthfulness about me. Like, I think being young and innocent and, um, like I can be very world weary. I will say, I
0: had no idea you were in your forties. I thought you were like, I thought you were (laughs) in your twenties. I'm like, I aged like milk. So I was like, I was like, she's definitely younger than me.
1: No, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a nice nice mature age right now it's (laughs) glorious um and i but i a lot of people will look at me and think that i'm younger typically i have plenty of grays i don't bother hiding anything um and i think that like rolling into life uh kind of just authentically colorful is beautiful um but the the i think the reality for me is that if i embody play if i embody lightness if i embody these these, like, um, I, I can't say innocence because I do walk around with a- awareness, right? Um, mostly. And, but it, it changes everything. It changes everything. Because when we're not playful, we're serious and it's heavy. And it's, it's, like, it could have this feeling of permanence to it. When we're playful, who cares if we make a mistake? We can just erase it or draw a new image or, you know, hop over that rock and destroy it, destroy the sandcastle. Oh, it doesn't matter, right? There's there's less of an attachment.
0: Yeah, I think uh, i try to not take anything seriously if I can help it, to be honest with you. I'm still working. I'm bad. I'm bad. At, you, I'm, like, bad about that. It's a problem.
1: <laughs> I, I, I feel like you've got that beat on me because I'm <laughs> – it's a very deliberate effort that I have to bring myself back to, very constantly. No, and, and I forget to play all the time. Oh yeah, I'll i forget
0: like, to play all the time because I'm. I'll be like i I'll be like oh shit, like I should like should pay attention to what the like. I remember we were sitting at the signing for my house, like the mm. the at the thing, and they were talking to me, and it was just like I was like singing songs in my head and i'm like looking i'm just like when i see something if like we were in we were in this office and i'm like they had all these like things all over and i was like looking and i was like oh i wonder where that came from oh i wonder where that came from oh. you know i'm like i'm like always doing that in my head and then i was like man if there's like one time in my life i should really be paying attention it's probably right now right <laughs> but then once you draw attention to it it's that much harder you're like you should pay attention and then i'm like so focused on trying to pay attention that, like, there's no... That's the only thing I pay attention to. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, tough. it's tough. It's tough. We're oh, opposite yeah. end of yeah. the spectrum on that.
1: <laughs> we can be, for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then lastly, um, the last one that came up was your... How do you get past, like, the... fact that, like your inner critic can say some shitty things and that can hurt. Like, how do you, how do you get beyond that? Or how do you silence that inner critic? Or how do you like harness that inner critic to be better?
1: Okay. So, um, I will, well, I, I actually want to say something really quickly, and then I'm going to answer that question. What I do as a technique, cause I'm super, um, super able to not be focused is I will look people in the eye. I have to, like, I, I, if I'm maintaining eye contact with you and having a conversation, like, really, like, embodying listening, then then my, my attention is on you. And, and it stops fluttering. So that's something I recommend for you if you're, like, it's that focus. Like, how can you make that connection with somebody in a deeper, like, fully embodied listening state? Anyway, so I'll be I'll, be I'll I'll be
0: 100% honest with you. I'm not really looking to change.
1: Yeah, you <laughs> um, But I just wanted to give you an offer to, like, this is what I do because I have uh, I have some different, like, I also struggle with attention. Yeah. Um, I
0: feel like when you're growing, when, like, one of the things I feel like that they lied about when you were younger is that, like, when you get older, you have to pay attention more. You don't have to pay attention to anybody now. Like, there's nobody, you know? Like, there's some, imp- like, obviously you want to pay attention to, like, your family and but like it's easy to pay attention to the things you care about and the things that you don't care about like you don't need to force yourself to care you don't need to force yourself to pay attention you know
1: yeah i just Um, just feel like it's
0: unnecessary do you disagree
1: okay (laughs) um i think that some people can take that extremely with like finances and like other things that scare them that they'd rather not do And so it's easy to focus on the social and, like, the things that make them feel comfortable and then neglect the rest of the things that are actually needed to, to, like, maintain a functionality in life. And like, But once those things get bad enough, uh
0: once those things get bad enough, they demand your attention, you know? Like, then you don't have a choice but to pay attention to them.
1: (laughs) And then then there's an added level of stress and self-judgment and all these things. Um, But, yeah, yeah uh i think that it's not a bad way to live like if for sure uh, you don't have to put full attention on everything out there you don't have to be fully aware of absolutely everything also i didn't mean that to
0: be shitty i'm sorry if i
1: you're fine you didn't i don't think so okay um and if i'm responding in a way that makes you think that i no. um
0: (laughs) well now i feel like you tried to give me this advice and i was just like i don't i don't
1: it's fine you're being authentic and and it's three in the morning for you uh, maybe yeah it's three um so and then to answer your question on actually could you repeat that question because now I've forgotten it
0: how do you like how do you move past that inner critic because okay. like the inner critic I feel like at least for me is like that's the one that is the most effective at hurting me or making me feel like I'm not enough or doing all those things that like you know uh like make it so that you don't want to create or you won't push, put something out or, or makes you second guess yourself, um, in your creative process. So like, how do you move past that?
1: So I've done several things. Uh, the morning pages, I think are really important, really important for me. And then not only are the morning pages important in terms of the dumping of the fears, but they're also important in the rebuilding of, and like strengthening who I am and like giving myself confidence and boosts. That's one of them. And then there's also when I was creatively writing and absolutely mortified at like at anything I wrote. And um, I knew that I could like, I'm like my, my elevation of, of like my ego and my judgment was so critical, it was paralyzing. I didn't bother reading my work because I hated it automatically. And so what I would do would I I would send it out to get reviews, get the feedback and then restart it. And I wouldn't sit there and like try to work it and read it because I knew it was bad. And I felt like it was bad in my soul, but it, like the point isn't that it's bad work. The point is that I'm working towards something better, right? And like maintaining that focus. And my critic does help me. There's, there's helpful moments in, these, uh, in this whole process, but the voice was really loud in the beginning. And so I had to, I, like, I literally never read my novel back to back because I couldn't get through it. Um, It's why, I mean, all the way, if maybe if everything hadn't happened so badly in October, (laughs) I would have read it earlier, but it's like, I literally hadn't read my book cover to cover period by the time I released it um, until February, because my critic was that way. And that's, that's fine. it's fine. I'm getting more comfortable in the space and I'm able to read it, but I like, there's a part of me that if I read it, it's maybe also a technique to just keep on moving forward. Right? Like I don't want to get stuck because I'm letting me sabotage the way um, I'm finding different ways to do it. And some people don't have, like I spent a lot of money on all of these editors back then when I was working full time and some people don't have the for resources for it. So they have to go through these steps. Or they don't, and they submit their work, and they, they just keep on writing, and they keep on growing the writing. Um, and everyone takes their own journey in their own way. And so, but mine required me to not read. And I typically don't like reading my work start to finish until it's done, until I'm literally on the last edit looking for the proofreading stuff. And that helps me get through it.
0: I think that's something that uh, not enough people do either, is like, they're too quick to to be like, this sucks, you know? And then, like, either they get caught in that cycle of, like, where they're doing 10,000 edits, 10,000 changes, 10,000, like, and you can't move past that point, or you are mm-hmm. go the other way and you're like, oh, it's not not even worth trying to save, and you just throw it out or you just scrap it. Um, whereas I think, like, me personally, if I take, like, 48 hours or sometimes even like two weeks away from it and then come back to it and look at it with like new eyes I can be like oh you know what this actually isn't that bad you know yeah um I think that's an important skill to learn especially um I have a hard time stepping away for too long just because if I do I lose my momentum and then I have a very 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 hard time picking it back up Me too. I have like 15, 20 videos that I've shot in the past probably six months that will never get done because I just, I've already moved on to the next project mentally and just can't go back now. <laughs> it's too late. It was a different part of my life.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I completely understand that. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I actually, I think, I think, go ahead.
1: But I think it boils down to, and um, I think it boils down to our why, right? Like my why was it is to write a book that's playful and it teaches me how to write. It's also to write a book that can be, like have seeds of healing in it. My why wasn't about, really it boiled down to in my hardest moments, wasn't about me writing a book and being known for me. It was about me writing a book that might have a source of empowerment and inspiration and plant seeds of different ways to think embedded in an action-packed story that hopefully people don't notice though now that I'm saying it. And so it can help people. There's going to be like six
0: people that watch this. Don't worry about it.
1: Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like the, that's my, my why is what drives me. And I think that understanding our why will keep our purpose forward because, and for me, my why is never about me, which makes it really easy to make decisions. I'm, I'm much more willing to sacrifice for you than I am for me.
0: I thought you were going to say I'm way more willing to sacrifice you than I am me.
1: <laughs> no, I like. Not.
0: I will throw you under the bus so fast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't even know it. No, no, no. But I'm, so it, it, it's understanding our why and what drives us. Like your drive is going to be completely different than my drive. Um, but but if i stop doing it then i then i if i stop writing and if i stop driving towards that purpose then i will forget uh, like then there's no reason for me to be doing it right so there's no reason for me to sacrifice there's no reason for me to like lose my like even live this weird life that i live there's it would be like settling if i lose my why so figure if you don't have it i think you have your why
0: i mean but, i have mine but, but,
1: yeah, for those out there that might not and are trying to do, like, figure out what your why is, because your why will drive everything.
0: I fi- I have personally found in my life, and I don't know if this is true for everybody, but like, if you're, and obviously there's like a million things that go into this, but like, if you're a healthy person, if you're like a, just a healthy, average, normal person, um, and there's not something that you have that like you want to wake up and do in the morning then, like, your f- very first goal in life should be to figure out what that thing is. Because, like, everybody's going to have something. And then, like, if you love to do something and you want to wake up and do it in the morning, um, you know, 80%, of the, maybe even 70% of the time, like, you're going to really, you're going to push hard on that. And then 30 40% of the time is, like, then it's going to be work. That's where the work comes in. You don't want to fucking do it. That's where the discipline comes in to do it anyways. That's where, like, doing the tedious stuff, like, those are the opportunities where, like, I'm not creative, I'm not feeling creative today, but I have, like, this, like, just stupid shit that I can do that's going to take up some time. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that, like, but I think everybody's first goal in life should just be to find the thing that they love and just, like, do it. I don't think there's enough people even doing that.
1: And, and I agree with you, and I also, like, I feel like there's, because I sat for years, like, well, what is my why? What do I want to do? What is blah, blah, blah? And this is before I was creative, before, you know, I found this this current path I'm on. And the path can change. Like, it, it, all of a sudden, this might just be me leading to another step, but it's where I am now in my why. Um, I think that the why can be a big, overarching question. So when you don't know figure out what brings you happiness and not drinking, not shopping, not like, like not the external happiness, right? You're not putting something into your space that will create happiness. You're, you're internally creating that happiness and finding those spaces. That I think is going to be the first step. That's why playfulness was important to me. I had to learn how to play. And like when we play, what does that like? What, that looks different for everybody. Like, I love going out and hiking, and like being in the woods and not showering for a week because I'm in the woods with people, with people, um, and that's okay. I personally like to glamp it. I'm. I'm I I
0: I don't hike, but I also like not showering for weeks at a time. So I'm there with you on that.
1: <laughs> and I, I don't like I don't mind the grind because at the end of it all, when I'm at the top of that summit or I've done the whole like the whole like whatever route I'm doing, that feels so good to my soul. It feels good as I'm quietly walking up the mountain. Anyway, so my my play is gonna be different than your play. And figuring out what the play is is it is like the, the first step to maybe figuring out where where you align in your happiness and then following those crumbs.
0: As you try to follow your happiness and, and all, do the work, and all, but also it's okay if like what makes you happy today doesn't make you happy tomorrow too. That's the other thing yeah. I think people get stuck on, where like they've been doing the same thing for forty years and or twenty years or ten years or five years whatever, and they just like mm-hmm. aren't feeling it anymore, but they're holding on because they this is just who they are. Like they don't have have invested so much time and energy into this thing that they're afraid to like let it go
1: i can relate to that because i love yoga i've been doing yoga since it like changed my life and when i was 23 consistently and and then yoga and my body and i love heated yoga like the power yoga started to not work in my body but i kept pushing it and pushing it and then my body started hurting and i'm getting injuries because i was not listening to it i love running i love hit workouts i love all of these things but my body is like yeah about that we should calm down your fires too hot and i but i didn't want to listen which meant i also had to reap the consequences of not listening to my body telling me i needed to switch things up but i also like i keep in mind that seasons it's all seasons in life and uh when we're when one season is wrapping up it's about like being open to see what the next season comes in and brings like what, what new flavor but we have to be open and so it's okay to resist i like that. you just have to be open
0: i like that open to seasons and change and that's good mm-hmm. that's good all right krista what can where how can people find you? Where can people help you? What can people do to get your book? What's what's the game plan moving forward?
1: Okay, so right now I am going to launch my book on Amazon on September fourth. It will also be in Kindle Unlimited, which is uh, something I'm trying out. Um, and my book itself will be on sale for only the first week. I dropped it down to four ninety nine. Um, I don't know. I normally I go for nine ninety nine because well, in the past I have. Um, I was
0: thinking it was literally only going to be on sale. I was like, that's a bold move for your first book. <laughs> like we're only selling well, it for one more... week. We're only selling it for one week. And then we're pulling that's it off it. the market. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, that's bold. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: no, no. Um, But you can find it on Amazon. Um, I don't think you can find it really well on the searches because I'm not, my algorithm's not in there. Um, but if you put in Krista Maravilla, and Maravilla is spelled M-A-R-A-V-I-L-L-A, you can find me. You can also find me on my website and has links there. And all my social media, like my Facebook and Instagram, have links that will direct you to my website as well as to Amazon. Um, and they're all under Krista, well, at Krista Maravilla. Um, so,
0: if yeah. you want to send me those links, I will also add them in the show notes. Um, wherever you are listening to this fine podcast. Thank you so much, Krista. I really appreciate you and I appreciate you coming on. I know that you took a lot of time and wasted a lot of energy doing this. And so I appreciate you.
1: Likewise. I've enjoyed my time with you immensely. I'm glad we got to, uh, to connect and do this. And I'm very grateful for you for having me on. Thank you.
0: Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening, and we love you, first of all, Mm -hmm. and we hope you're marvelous, and you're marvelous, and you're special, and uh, we hope you had a wonderful night, and now I'm going to go to bed, and Chris is going to probably do something way more exciting, so we'll talk to you later. Yes.
1: Bye. Bye.